you something. Did you ever want to start your own podcast? Boom. We got you. Today's episode of The Size is brought to you in part by Anchor. It's the easiest way to start a podcast ever. You can record or upload high-quality audio, host unlimited episodes of your own content, and distribute it everywhere with just one click. For more information, make sure that you visit anchor.fm. Let's start the show. They never said the Sykes podcast was too much. Who knows more about music than us? The Sykes is a black podcast playing all genres with a sprinkle of pop culture and a shit ton of food. If you know from DC, you probably don't know what size is. And it's from Yellowshirt. I hit a wall. Woo! <laughs> hit music. Love it. Ugh. Rihanna month. <laughs> the best month on earth. So, if you don't know, first of all, hi, welcome back to the Size Podcast. This is episode two, season two. That's two. The train is moving. <laughs> Get with the winning team, bitch. <laughs> okay, Jocelyn, her dad is baby. Listen, the grandmama is, is the, the baby. baby. Y'all have to see this video. I still can't imagine. Oh, I keep forgetting to show it to you. I didn't watch it yet. Oh my God. I will will show it to you. And then when you follow us on Twitter. Hey. At the SicePod, P-S-Y-C-E pod, you can hear Muse's review on this funny (laughs) video with Jocelyn Hernandez going off on Debbie Mom, telling him the grandmama is the baby. Oh my God. But anyway, November is Rihanna month. If y'all don't know, people that are not in the Navy or who don't care about being on the right side of history. Shit. Historically, Rihanna has always released albums in November. Eight years straight, basically. But not this year. So... She doing tutorials right now, so she got to, you know, give us a break. She is losing weight, though, and you know what weight loss always means. Era started. So, so she might surprise us. Who knows? Right now, we're just waiting for Mariah. <laughs> Still. Remember that thing that was going around the internet where it was like, if you could give Beyonce a Rihanna song and Rihanna a Beyonce song, what would it be? Mm-hmm. What's yours? That's such a good question. Um, for Rihanna, I would love to hear her sing No Angel in her voice, not Ooh. in like that falsetto, but like in her like <laughs> like make it real islandy. Uh-huh. I, I think it would be cute. And for Beyonce, I I would love to hear Beyonce take it back to like her more pop days and do Disturbia. Written by Chris Brown. With him in the background still. I need that. Nysteria. Bum, bum, dee, dum, bum, bum. Let me tell y'all something. If y'all ever watch Rihanna's AOL First Listen or whatever that's called, when she does Disturbia. the sessions. The AOL sessions. Yes. Like, people said um, Rihanna couldn't sing, and that's when I clocked in and said, oh, wait, maybe the girl can sing. No, it's it's always moments where I'm like, oh, wait. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't care what anyone says. Chris Brown vocally produces Rihanna better than everybody else. Even better than James Fauntleroy? Well, they might be at a tie because okay. James Fauntleroy can do no wrong in my book in general. He just put out something too. I need to check He it got out. a whole new album, I think. I need to listen to it. It's so much music. I mean, I can't keep too up. Too much. I'm stressed. So for me, this is kind of hard, but I want to hear Rihanna do Kitty Cat mm, by Beyonce. Mm-hmm. Like, give me that. 
And then... She would part on that thing, just like Eartha Kid. Right, and I feel like we would have finally gotten, like, a real live performance of it because it would have been a bigger hit for for Rihanna than it was for Beyonce. You think so? Well, Beyonce just recently thought it was okay to talk directly about her vagina on stage. So <laughs> we never got kitty cat before. She had to have them babies first. Right. People feel liberated after they pop some children out. A Marie. <laughs> Auto to Marie. <laughs> so, but on the other side of that, I don't know what I would want Beyonce to do of Rihanna's. That's tough. It's too many good songs. Let me look through my iTunes real quick. Think of like an emotional um, ballad by Rihanna, which she has so many. Oh, well, fair. But I think, I also think that this, I might get fought for this. I think that Rihanna emotes more than Beyonce does. Oh, definitely. Like, Rihanna makes you want to kill yourself, like, because you're so depressed after listening to (laughs) how depressed she is in songs. Like, what what song is that when she's like, um, you you love to what she say you love me do you love to put me together and throw me against oh, the wall? Uh, like Rihanna says things and love the, on the brain. Yeah, love on the brain. And like the way Rihanna literally See, seems like she's crying in the studio. Does. Beyonce don't never give that. And that's why people be getting mad at me when I'm like, I like Rihanna's music better, but it's like because Rihanna, like, she emotes like Mary J. Blige. Yes, she does. And Beyonce don't emote like that. And I don't think that it's a... I think that Beyonce's talent supersedes that emotion. The like, vocal I don't, talent. Yeah, I don't think that it's necessary. Like, it, she's been able to get by without focusing on that because she's so uber talented and performs literally better than everybody else doing singing and dancing and running the hills and all that shit (laughs) at the same time so it's something that people look past but I do really appreciate Rihanna's ability to vocalize that even when her vocals are not that strong right like it's it's a different set of emotion that comes out of her music that I enjoy and I like them for very different reasons because they're able to do different things like that well, remember when the anti-tour was happening and we would watch her sing Love on the Brain. Like, Daily. every time Daily. a new video came out because she sang that song. Even when she would sing, like, Diamonds, she would get so emotional singing yeah. Diamonds. Music. When she would sing um, Kiss It Better, she would be so emotional. Like, Rihanna stay on the verge of a tear. Oh. <laughs> Consistently. She really do. <laughs> Consistently. You cannot say on the verge of a tear. Like when she opened up the diamond store with Mother Mary and she's on her Mother knees, Mary. literally like trying not to cry, singing Mother Mary. Even coming up to now when she had that clear ass runway coming down for woo, emotion. <laughs> she felt that. Did. I felt it. And that's the thing. That's what I be wanting from my artists. Like I want to feel like, even if you're not going through, I want to feel like you're going through it. Like, I guess we can talk about segue into this for Hot Topics, but with Sabrina Claudio last night at the concert when she said, oh, I didn't even go through all these things. I was just talking to grown folk mm-hmm. and they inspired these songs. She's singing in a way that I was really like, what 40 year old man is Sabrina Claudio sleeping with that's making her <laughs> sing so sensually? I want to sit her down and talk to her about that. So let's talk about this concert. So wait, I want Beyonce to do oh, sorry. Russian Roulette. Interesting. Russian Roulette had one has one of Rihanna's best bridges on it to me in general. But I will be interested to see what Beyonce's like vocal elasticity does on that song because mm-hmm. there's so much room because you can for feel runs. my heart exactly <laughs> beating. <laughs> Look, 
That song took me to the grave. I, I remember when the I remember the day they, it was going to premiere on like the white station in in New York, mm-hmm. and so me and my coworker at the time, hey Brandon, <laughs> uh, we definitely told everybody in the office, sorry guys, but we're going. This is coming on at noon, <laughs> and we are with some work stoppage at noon. I can't. So we can hear Russian roulette. And we wasn't living for it. We thought it was going to be like a dance moment. Oh. And then we went home and listened to it and lost our minds. No. I had to do uh, like an entertainment piece for Clark Atlanta newspaper uh, when that came out. And my headline was Rihanna commits sexy suicide yes. or latest single Russian roulette. Great A reading. Listen, y'all need somebody writing for y'all platform. Hire the boy. <laughs> for for bookings. bookings. The man, the muse. A hashtag. Let me put that in my bio again. Uh, <laughs> so, Sabrina Claudio on this sold out tour. Uh, Imagine thinking you're canceled. Uh, what happened? I thought that y'all didn't like her no more. Natural hair community was strong <laughs> in that concert last night. So, I don't know if the natural hair community and the black girl magics didn't have a conversation in the last meeting. Oops. But people have defected because it was packed and they were singing every single word. The aunties was upstairs where the seats was. <laughs> they needed back support. Listen, I understand. <laughs> the Latinx community was represented for their girl. It was a melting pot in there. It was. The drinks were good. The music was good. I had time in my life. So, first of all, I want to address that shallow things sabrina (laughs) sabrina is not as white from a 23 me perspective as twitter is making her out to be first of all she built like donna from black Black crew down to the cankles (laughs) and i told you that because the first time that i saw her live she had on that like it was a silk slip dress like floor length but with a big slit up the thigh and i was like oh mama's a little thick yeah but it's not thick in like a thick white girl way it's thick in a like spanish girl way in a she had his baby, mm-hmm. and everything's gonna be wild way. Oh yeah, she had a little gut too. Yeah, and she got cankles. I love it, <laughs> and it's not like disturbing. It no, looks, it makes sense. It just looked like she eats. Yeah, I love it. So, what are your what's your review on the concert? Never canceled or never will. <laughs> That's all I have to say. She, Sabrina Claudio, has been able to fill a space of music that is untapped right now simply because. She just make what she wants to, and she's not making anything that sounds like something else. Mm-hmm. I don't think that her songs will have a time frame. Like, you mm-hmm. will literally be able to listen to... Timeless music. Exactly. You'll be able to listen to anything that she puts out from now until the end of time. And it can play on any radio. It can it can go across so many different lanes. I'm into it. And who doesn't want to feel sexy? Right. Like, I, I don't have anything bad to say. I think that there is... Some damage control that the internet needs to do on its own behalf just because of how quick they are to shun people for shit that they did when they couldn't even talk all the way yet. So, Uh, I'm dead serious. Not couldn't talk all the way. Well, I really enjoyed the show. Um, First of all, and I go to concerts a lot. Daily. And and I feel like Sabrina, first of all, as, as I'm not saying that she has the same vocal prowess as Jill Scott, be clear, but the way she commands the the the, the microphone mm-hmm. 
and the way that she don't sing the songs the way they are like people all. people are not allowed are aren't able to sing along because she redoes all her runs she redoes all the vocal arrangements and that way she gave me a very Jill Scott performance. Yes. She even, in a lot of po- points of the song, where when it's recorded, she's singing in falsetto. She sang full voice. Yes. And I didn't know she could even do full voice. So that was like, okay. And then her personality, <laughs> her personality um, performance was very Teacher Moses. Yep. So if y'all have never seen Teacher Moses, Teacher Moses, first of all, has, Hennessy and all types of cognac. As soon as she walk on stage, she, she walks, walks out with it with the bottle, and then she's drinking it all night. <laughs> very cabaret singer, very like tell jokes, talk to the, talk crowd, to the crowd, schmooze with people. Like she performed like. It's interesting that Sabrina's able to do that because she's a baby. She's a child. So she performs literally like she's been doing this her whole life and she's so comfortable with the audience. That's something that you don't really see out of Mm -hmm. new artists. They don't engage like that throughout their shows. No. And I love her for that. Like, I knew that she was going to do that again. I thought that it would be a little bit different because the music that has come out since her cancellation... It, it kind of it just shows that she took inventory of what happened and what was mm. being said about her. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know if her attitude would change on stage, and it didn't. She was still the same sassy Hispanic. I was very into it. By sassy Hispanic, <laughs> like because that's what I expected, and I didn't want the changes in the music or the the topics of the change the topics of the music to, right. to influence how she was on stage. And I was glad to see that it didn't. Yeah, no, she was great. She even talked about the cancellation. Yeah. Um, I mean, because it's in the, it's literally in the lyrics yeah. of some of her songs. Like, yeah. Cycle is about it. And then there's another song where I think She that, said Numb, but I didn't realize that Numb was about that. That. Until she said it last night. You have, because I was, so like, every time I get ready to go to a concert, I kind of binge on that artist for the full day. So even before I came to pick you up, I was listening to Sabrina Claudio, like, the entire time. A fan. And certain stuff that she was saying hit me differently after I realized what she could have been talking about as opposed to, cause you know how even Brandy does that. Like she'll have a random gospel song mm-hmm. where it sounds like she's talking about a, a love interest, but she's speaking directly to God. Like on he is. Wait, did you I see? I love, love. Remember when Indy Ivory sang that to her? Remember when Indy Ivory sang that to her? She fell out. It was her. It was Indy Ivory and Shantae Ken. Remember also, or maybe not even remember. Did you see that the Walls children are doing that when they sat now? Excuse me? Yes. Oh, see, now you know how I feel about the Walls children. Vocalists. If y'all don't know about the Walls group, please, please, please do y'all due diligence and clock into the Walls group. Them little niggas sing. And that um, lead singer know what he need to do. Oh, my God. I'm just ready for the people to get rid of their closets. (laughs) (laughs) Daryl Walls, basically, Muse just wants you to call him. Oh, I mean, and it's no (laughs) shame. (laughs) <laughs> sing so, to me so whenever you are ready to live in your truth shit um you have a boyfriend i well, i don't believe this this is what um muse wants for daryl um i say i'm about to say daryl babs that's, the, <laughs> child, that's um that's tank name y'all daryl babs but daryl was muse lives for you so mm. it is uh 
Won't you hit this line, boy? Pick up the phone, baby. Hey, uh, we just did a whole little medley. Pick up the phone, baby. Hey. Remember when hey. they were sitting at the edge of that stage on the Hip Hop Awards singing down? Oh, in like 10 part harmony, first of all. Travis Scott sing better than all these little six lakhs and four <laughs> You names. hate black. I don't hate him. I just want people to stop saying that he sing R&B. It's, that's not R&B. No, I think that that's a completely different genre at this point. But I do but really people appreciate be, black. I don't dislike the little boy. I think he's very nice. I like his little interviews that he be doing. He's like a good person. <laughs> but I want everybody to stop saying that's R&B. That's not what it is. He sound like a tattoo um, machine. Oh, my God. When you, you know, text I'll be me, like, I drop my phone. And, you know, if you ever got a tattoo, y'all know how it feels when it be on your skin and your skin be kind of vibrating when i hear his music that's how my skin feel like it feel like <laughs> it feel like the she tattoo machine i'm not i'm just telling you how it be feeling <sighs> but back to sabrina um she's not canceled sorry no. great and especially because she's the only well one of the few people under 30 that's making good r&b music so I just love that it's not what everyone else is doing. Nobody so sound like her. Much monotony on the radio and on TV right now. It's just I'm over it. And it's also just like love music. We not hearing like young people not singing about love and that like part. having like intimacy and sex. Like these young kids not talking about that. And I'm glad that she made it a point to say she was talking to older people about this before yes. she would write because I literally, like you said, was stuck. How is she how has she been experiencing this type of love at and 21. this type of infatuation at what, like twenty three? No, she's like twenty one, twenty two, if they a real baby. Youth. Youth them. <laughs> so big up to Claudio because I haven't stopped listening to music from her since Orion's Bell. Like Woo! Let show you. Uh. <laughs> Sing. Uh, but the lounge singerness, the the comfortability on stage, a star. Like I just, I don't know what else to say. That's all I had to say. She's a star, and wow. she'll her music is timeless. She'll go far. Period. With a T at the end. Who's not a period. star? Period. And who should be, but ain't. Uh, who? Onika Mirage. Uh, so, I have two words for Onika Mirage. Shut up. And uh, as far as Cardi uh, is concerned, I got two words for her. Mommy. Stop responding. I just want them to stop. Like, uh, Queen Radio is back. And to be fair, I think that Queen Radio is the lane that Nicki Minaj needs to go into. <laughs> I think that her being the Wendy Williams of rap is a very on brand and I would not have an issue with tuning in to her craziness if it wasn't rooted in a need for a therapist. I think that oh my God. it's blatant when she lies to the point where, <laughs> what are we even talking about? I think that no Nicki Minaj knows. uses her intelligence and her fan base as they she pits them against each other. Mm -hmm. She's able to spin stories and have like this web of lies, bed of lies, if you want to quote the girl, because she sounds smart when she says it, and it's easy for these young, impressionable, come-thirsty, uh... Barbs. Barbs to believe everything that she says because of their adoration for her. And, like I said, she's just using that to her entire advantage. Whereas, Cardi, 
people love her for her personality. They get into the fact that she's authentically herself. But I don't think that Cardi is able to articulate herself in a way that makes people think, oh, she's right. Right. Because people think that because she has the accent, she's so Bronx that she's not smart. Right. And I don't think that that's fair because I for sure know that Cardi B is more street smart than Nicki Minaj. But she's also smart, smart. She went to college. Yeah, I don't I don't take anything from her at all. But I think that people there are more people who are willing to believe Nicki on the basis of that right. than they are for Cardi. And I honestly, I for one, believe everything that Cardi says Me too. about the situation. Because why would she, like, why would she have to lie? She has nothing to lie about. Nicki has a lot to lie about. Nicki has and, a lot to lie about. And has proven to be a liar. Cardi B also doesn't have anything to gain from a beef right. with Nicki Minaj. Right. It's obvious that this is something that Nicki did. And Nicki also just continues to show that she doesn't want other female rappers and other black girls to win. Yeah. Because... That's literally it. She can be on Twitter hyping up Iggy, Azalea, or whatever, and be like, oh, let's get in the booth, sis, but she would never do that for another black um, female rapper. I think that this very strange. Especially if it's somebody that she thinks can, like, be her competition. Which is... That's another thing, because I don't think that anyone... Any of these new girls came out with the intention to compete with Nicki. I don't think that anybody had that in their mind when they decided that they wanted to do music. I think that Cardi B understood that she had a talent in a certain aspect of storytelling. Mm -hmm. And I think that she utilized people around her that can assist with certain language barriers and give her ideas on music and certain things like that to put forth music. I don't know how many of the listeners listen to Cardi B pre-signing but before Cardi B got signed, her mixtapes were fire to me. Were. She was talking about Gangsta stuff. Bitch Volume 1 is still a classic it to is. me. It is. It is. And I think that and if the, you and look at... And the song at, still knock. I recently revisited and them songs still go off. Yeah. If you look at what she was talking about in that point of her career and look at what Nicki is talking about at this point of her career, it's very strange that one would even be coming for the other because at this point in Nicki Minaj's career, she should have content that pushes a little bit more of an envelope. All of her music is basically, especially now, is basically her talking about how good her pussy is, how much better than everybody else she is. And and, everybody's her son. And everybody's her son. And not even the fact that she uses that line over and over again, but literally that's what the basis of her music is. Whereas Kim, at this point in her career, was talking about how she had an abortion with Biggie and how he made her get it because of the faith situation. Mm -hmm. She was talking about other things aside from just, I'm the baddest bitch in the game. Mm -hmm. Even if you look at Eve's career, early on, Mm -hmm. she had a song about domestic abuse. Like, there were meaningful... I mean, Cardi even had a meaningful song about her parents on her first mixtape. And I don't think that people pay attention to that. It's been a lot of the same coming from Nicki. And I get her feeling threatened I just don't see I don't it. get her feeling threatened because I get her feeling threatened because she is that girl like she is insecure about a lot like even her interaction with other people she just seems to be holding on to an insecurity yeah it's, she's insecure because all the other female rappers you I revisited recently last year at um at summer stage when Remy brought out all the generations of female rappers uh-huh. and they was all in the back hugging each other and loving on each other. It was all love. So even when, again, we talk about this a lot on the podcast that people be creating narratives that aren't true and they're always like, oh, they pit female rappers against each other. No, they don't. No. Because historically, female rappers have always rocked with each other. And first of all, 
like the women, the female rappers that have beefed, right? It's not been like it's been a bigger percentage than male rappers that at have all. beefed at all. Rap is all about bravado. It's all about saying you the best. It's always about like you know being very aggressive. So that's just the energy that rap puts out. And it's not like more female rappers are beefing than men. That's definitely not happening at all. Ain't no female rappers got jumped, killed behind none of this music. You not know what at I'm all. saying? And when you look from the night, like from the '80s on down to last year at at the um at um summer stage it's been generally most of the time love between female rappers i think that people hold on to that one beef between foxy and kim that got squashed very fast like they don't even acknowledge each other no more it's not they don't even speak about each other no more like Like, that was so dead it's over I think that that's unfair to women in rap simply because they're looked at as caddy and all of this and all of that because they're women when it's really not like that. Because like you said, Missy Elliott never had nothing bad to say about no new rapper. Nope. Lil' Kim haven't really had anything against anybody since the Foxy thing aside from Nicki. Nicki, yep. And that was another orchestrated beef on Nicki's part, if you ask me. It was on Nicki's part. So I really want... I don't think that because Cardi B has the personality that she has online, I don't really know if there will be a time where she stops responding because it's her. That's her personality. It's her. It's the Bronx in her. Yeah, I don't think that that will change, but I do think that she should stop responding because Nikki is going to keep taunting her. Because Nikki has nothing else to do. And why is she friends with Ra Ali? Like, y'all are just too old. <laughs> y'all are too old. Y'all are too grown. It's just silly. It's silly. I don't want to talk about it anymore. It's actually die. annoying. Sing, Nisi. Remember Terrell Hicks' version? Terrell Hicks, where are you, girl? Pretty brown. Pretty brown. Uh, she was so pretty. Pretty out. Shout out to Keisha. Again, y'all talking about that brown skin girls never had a moment in media. Terrell Hicks had the moment. Did. Wow. She's the one that refuted Beyonce's claim that black girls don't look good in blue light. So, <laughs> well, she did that before. I know, but I'm just saying <laughs> that people was all like being like, "That's right, black girls don't look good in blue." And I said, "Y'all clearly have never seen Belly." Billy. I also think that Beyonce has even changed her own tune with that because the lights have been blue. Oh, come on, the lights have been blue. <laughs> the lights have definitely been. The blue. The lights have been blue. Ivy, I <laughs> love that little girl. <laughs> When I tell you I stand for Lil Blue Ivy, like, she is hilarious to me. She give me, like, very attitudinal. Oh, she's fed up consistently. I love it. I feel like she been here before because she be over her parents. Oh, furious. (laughs) Furious. She be like, I'm ready to go. Oh, I mean, me. Come on, resonating. (laughs) At all times. Wait, remember when Zenobia was uh, Keisha from Belly for Halloween? I don't. Oh, I gotta send you the pictures. Zenobia's everything. Oh. She also put up that meme. Beat and out was the like, <laughs> Oh, BOTF. At all times. <laughs> beat out the fucking box. She put up that meme. Well, she made it. And it was just like, me, I'm over it. I'm done. I don't want to talk about this no more. And then also me. And screenshotted all of Cardi's videos. Oh, yeah. I seen that. I fell out. <laughs> it was like seven videos of her going off on Nicki Minaj. I believe every word. <laughs> I do. Do you have anything else to Hot Topics? Well... So, okay, this is a me thing, real quick. It is. He's about to go off. (laughs) I love that y'all have rallied behind Miss Normani from 
fifth harmony and then fourth harmony and now everybody got their own harmony. I like her a lot. I think that there is a presence there. I see what people are saying. But can we please let her cook a little bit more? Give her a little bit time, to, a little bit more time to come into her own and start actually performing. She's done two performances and y'all been going ham and cheese. She got two new songs out with Calvin Harris. They're not even really her songs, so you don't know what her actual music is going to sound like. And y'all have been talking about she the next Beyonce. Why can't she just be the first Normani? Oh. That's literally all I wanted to say about that. Um, I also want Brandy to sing all of her old music in her new voice. That's really all. If y'all aren't following Brady on Instagram, she be posting these videos literally is like a master class in vocals. She's the vocal bible. I don't care. They put the the broken hearted beat under her singing broken hearted acapella in oh, that new for voice. Real? Yes, I have to send it to you. Please. I am very interested to see what a tour of all Well, I mean, when she go on tour, she sing all her old music anyway cuz she refused to come out with new stuff. Well, but, the people don't deserve new stuff because she gave people 211 and, and the people, people didn't respect it and 211 to me. No. No, to us. It's, oh, it's, I was going to say the top three. Brandy. Brandy album for me. I agree. Oh, okay. We have got into an argument on Twitter about your top three albums the other day. No, because this is the thing with Mariah. So, <laughs> y'all tried to say that I said on, on episode one of season two that um, Memoirs of an Imperfect Angel was her best album. You said I said it was the best. I didn't say it was her best. I said that it was better than... What's the comeback album called again? Emancipation. Emancipation. That's what I said. It was better than Emancipation. But I didn't say also, it was her best. You also said that Memoirs was top three, and it wasn't. No, I didn't. I yes, said you did. I said me, I am Mariah. Oh, is in my top three. Well, that that's worse to me. <laughs> like to me, I feel like people. First of all, the last album the general public of Mariah has probably listened to was um, Emancipation. Memoirs. No. Normal people did not listen to memoirs. You're out of your mind. Really? You only know people that love music. That's true. Normal American human beings have not (laughs) listened to a Mariah Carey album since Emancipation. Emancipation. They haven't. So, of course, they're going to say it's her best album because they don't know nothing past that, number one. Number two, people people need to understand that, like, there's a difference between... The best album, your favorite album, and nostalgic. And how nostalgia, like, um, how nostalgia shapes that whole belief system. Because people are nostalgic about um, Emancipation because it was her comeback album. It was probably the biggest comeback albums of all time. Yeah. Only seconded by Charlie Wilson's from a few years ago. (laughs) Because remember, Charlie Wilson had the game for like 20 years. Yeah. Um, and they rallied right behind him for that album. They did. Last name Charlie, first name, I mean, first name Charlie, last name Wilson. Like, so I think people just have nostalgia about Emancipation, but Emancipation does have good songs. There's no skipping. But to me, I just personally like the ghetto-ness of Memoirs of an Imperfect Angel. Yes. And I love on Me, I Am Mariah, how she literally, that whole album is all her previous albums put into one as far as all the different styles of music that she's made over her career. So that's why I love Me, I Am Mariah so much is because it literally is like songs that sound like Vanishing. Mm -hmm. Then it's songs that sound like Honey. Then it's songs that sound like um, Heartbreaker. You know what I mean? Like it really encapsulates her range. And that's why I love Me, I Am Mariah. But I did not say it was her best album. (laughs) Either way, 
I'm glad you broke it down like that because I was looking at you sideways through the computer. But I mean, it's fine. Because you were trying to throw me under the bus and was like, oh, she said that <laughs> it was her best. <laughs> I didn't say it. He's like, I said that I throw you under the bus. Yes, you did. You was like, you said it's her best. And I was like, the audio is out. The audio <laughs> stated. You said the audio is out. No, but the, the tracks don't lie. But if the people go back to the audio, the audio says that I said that I think those albums are better. I didn't say they was the best. I said better. Her best album is Butterfly. We all know this. Yes. So I did not say that. I just can't even put the elusive Chanteuse in the same realm as butterfly like it's not in my top at all for her can't relate it's fine from a brandy perspective because we didn't got all the way off topic talk about last episode definitely 211 should be in brandy's top three it definitely is aphrodisiac 211 and full moon really not in any specific order but those are my 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 favorite brandy albums I would have to swap out Full Moon and, what? Put, and put in the, the debut album. Nope, sorry. Brandy tapped into all of her training between Wait, Whitney this Houston. is this is this is for you, Ron um the gifted, because he's been on Twitter the last two weeks asking why y'all are going so hard for Full Moon. He's like, Why do y'all keep saying that Full Moon is a is a career changer for her? Oh, so let's talk about it real quick. I love to inform. Shout out to Ron Gifted. I don't think that Full Moon is my favorite Brandy album, but I do understand its place simply because Brandy was a completely different singer on Full Moon than we knew her previous to that. She took everything that she ever learned from Whitney Houston and Kim Burrell and mixed them together to make a voice that no one else had. And now Full Moon is the standard of albums that everyone tries to recreate from a sound perspective, from a layering perspective, and from a vocal producing perspective. Everybody wants to sound like Brandy. Like, see, and they, they thought, lying if they don't. See, to me, I thought Aphrodisiac was that album. No, no. So that's why when he asked me, I said, oh, I don't know. Because no. Aphrodisiac, to me, is her, like, magnus opus in terms of everything you see it. I think that I I can agree because I like those songs better, but to the singing community and to the general public, <laughs> Full Moon is what did that for them. I follow every time he say the singing community, y'all. Oh, because it's so those fun. people who they make... have their own world. They really do. No, they really do. Like y'all and... gotta get on singer Instagram and singer Twitter. Hello, they have the range. <laughs> uh, an account that I personally follow just because I like to keep up with the Joneses. Brandy, Brandy set a tone and a bar. For singers with Full Moon. That's why people look at it the way that they do. I don't honestly know any normal people that talk about Brandy at all. But every singer that I know, Brandy is their favorite singer. I mean, she's everybody's favorite singer. What do you mean? Like, I I get why people call her the vocal Bible. I think that we have seen her voice get better and better and better with each album. And that's not something that you can say for many artists. A lot of artists mm-hmm. plateau early on. Dude. And they don't start to enhance their vocal ability. They don't bring their performance skill to the studio. They don't do any of that. They kind of just stay one note. And it's not bad because if they still putting out good music, then you're still going to like them. Mm-hmm. Like I say on every episode, I listen to people who literally cannot sing. But if they <laughs> make good music, I like it. I have a slew of artists in my iTunes. We can scroll right now. And oh it's not God. a vocal insight. But if it's a bop, it's a bop. If it's a pop emergency, it's a pop emergency. Come on, a pop emergency. So that's how I feel about Brandy. Give us the old music with the new voice. And give us the new music with the new voice, DJ Camper. 
It's coming. We said that last season, and I ain't heard a peep. He was at the Jesse J show in Philly, and she pulled him on stage, and they were singing together. Really? I never seen him before. Um, I mean, he's, oh, he's shit. like he, no, no, no. I'm saying he just looked like a regular like R and B studio guy. Oh, okay. You know, they all kind of had the same look. They all look like uh, Warren Campbell. <laughs> Shout out to Warren Campbell, we love you. I'm annoyed because I get it. I hate when I You know what I mean? Craziness. Like like Warren Campbell, who else? Ronnie Jerkins. They all look the same. They all had the same look. Fair. Brown skin with like the cute little get money gut. You know? Oh my God. Anyway, um, <laughs> should we move on to the light up portion of the show? How are we feeling? I mean, we could give the people a break and then do the light up. Okay. Yeah. Swear it isn't real I like the way it looks But I hate the way it feels Oh, I know what it is Uh, I've seen this before Got caught for a million I know that I'm nervous Cause it really ain't a thing Natural about it Water into wine, please she seemed like a miracle, I know that's impossible You don't wanna love, maybe not Baby, you gon' give me everything you got Damn right, see you let me Why you in my bed, turning over like the graves of the ones before you, for you I keep looking for love, can't find it in a party In a home room full of bodies, I keep looking for love Why do you hate that song? I was lit. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> Not, why do you hate that song? So, um, there was a... She's about to go off. No, I'm not gonna go off. Um, there was a thread of tweets from the chief content officer at Genius. Um, his name is at BFred on Twitter. Hi, Russ. Um, and... He did a whole thread, um, a few, well, this is back in October, but it, we just been kind of like resonating and stewing with it in regards to, um, the decision by the Grammys to, uh, take Post Malone's Beer Bongs and Bentley album, um, out of the rap category and put it into the best pop album category. Um, hmm. and so he did his whole thread and... I'm going to read the thread, um, but I also, um, I also, we're obviously going to, like, jump in and, like, give our thoughts on it. (laughs) Um, okay. So his first tweet is, pop music is a racist concept that exists only, I should preface this by saying, like, he's a white guy, I'm assuming he's doing this whole thread to be, like, an ally, so just think, like, keep that in mind as I'm reading. 
Pop music is a racist concept that exists only to uphold white supremacy in the music business. Abolish the pop music Grammy categories, abolish the Billboard pop charts, and abolish Top 40 pop radio as a format. This is not a criticism of Post Malone who makes good music that I enjoy, but is a clear example of Post Malone benefiting from white privilege. He makes the same music as his black peers, but he's allowed to participate in the pop music industry because of his whiteness. Well, I'm going to read one more and then I'm going to give a little feedback and then we can keep going. The pop music industry has tricked the world into thinking pop music is just music that's popular. When in reality, it's a carefully curated set of artists and songs chosen by pop radio programmers who are catering to an imaginary idea of whiteness. So, oh God. but uh, I... To say that pop music is a racist concept that exists to only uphold white supremacy, I don't see that. And maybe because I just started seeing race like three years ago, but... Um, <laughs> it killed me when you say that, but I get it. Because when would I ever think about my race? And like, even when I worked in all white companies, because I went to an HBCU, I was so obsessed with myself that mm-hmm. I didn't even notice that there wasn't... I didn't notice that... The, you were other, the only black person. Yeah, I didn't know, and that, and what did that mean? That meant nothing. Nothing. But whatever. Um. So and it's he's saying that Post Malone is benefiting from white privilege, and like honestly, I can't think of one white, one black person that would say that Post Malone makes as what B. Fred said the same music as his black peers. Black people do not acknowledge Post Malone as a rapper. Black people do not acknowledge Post Malone as an urban artist. Post Malone makes very, very, very white music. To me. I don't think there's anything, and I and I don't think there's any, there's any reason why he should even be in a rap category to start with. So he needs to be in a pop category. He plays on Top 40 Radio. He's in that format with people like, you know... Ed Sheeran and all the people that make awful music that Americans oh like. <laughs> um, he needs to be in the pop category. Like, I don't, that, I just don't get it. And to say that pop music has tricked the world into thinking that music is about what's popular. I think everyone understands that when we say pop music, we mean white people music. <laughs> everyone knows that. Everyone knows that pop music is music that white people like. And they have their own station. They should have their own station because, number one, quite frankly, um, I don't ever want to hear an Ed Sheeran or Post Malone after I just heard, uh, I don't know, Anita Baker. I don't want them to have the same format. They each format of music needs to have its own station because everybody does not want to hear all that. Like, could you imagine, like, I wouldn't want to hear a Biggie song and then a Post Malone song right after. That would ruin my afternoon. <laughs> I like things segregated, I personally. I so I think that, so the, as you continue to read these tweets, there is even more falsification <laughs> that will happen. Right, I'm about and to go. I don't think that he even means any harm. I At just, all. I don't think he does either. I think that he just has, he made some of this stuff up in, a, in an effort to, to be on our side, I guess. Working in media, terrestrial radio, is a certain way because of where it is based. So since the radio is colloquial, it's going to cater in certain aspects. It's going to cater to the people that are around it. For instance, I live in DC. It is 
a multitude of black people here. We do have our own stations that cater to that space because of the area. Like, and the same radio stations play for the most part in DC, Maryland, Virginia, and like deep in Maryland, like even Baltimore. Like it's the same radio stations for the most part. And it's black boot everywhere. So that I get it. And to uh, to be honest, aside from Rockstar with uh 21 Savage, shout out to Key, I haven't heard a post Malone song outside of me playing it on purpose. Like, cause I actually <laughs> like Post Malone. So there are songs that I listen to on a regular basis of his. I can't accidentally hear him because they don't play him on black radio stations. So they you don't. are right when it comes to that. He is on the 99.5s and those more poppy stations. So when Stephanie says people refer to pop music as white music, it's literally because white people have the purchasing power to buy all of the music that they like and black people don't invest in artists musically the way that they once did or the way that they should so we don't get the pop numbers because there are no sales behind these artists that's it so i'm gonna continue the the tweets the pop music industry is constantly fighting against the mass popularity of black music by championing white artists who make similar music and inventing fake subgenres to create a separation that keeps black artists in a token role on pop radio. In the late 90s, the pop industry got tired of programming too much R&B, so they invented white boy band pop to replace it. Hip-hop was too popular, so they put muscle behind rap and rock. The pop industry always finds creative ways to champion whiteness. Why is the pop music industry so scared of being dominated by black artists? Many white people feel uncomfortable listening to primary black artists and radio programmers cater to that anxiety by giving similar music by white artists so they can see themselves in it. I'm going to mm, stop here. So wait. So first of all, pop music is not constantly fighting against mass popularity of black music because... White people love black people music. White people... No one loves black music more than white people. Right. When I go to these concerts of black artists, it's nothing but white people there. I literally went to go see La Chat on <laughs> the Saturday before Halloween... And I, at Knockdown Center, which anyone that lives in New York knows how huge Knockdown Center is, that space was packed out, and there were no more than 20 black people in that entire room. Shit. Um, I've gone to see so many rap concerts, you know, not like R&B, like Kiki, why ain't the white people there, but for somebody that's like popular now, or you go to any rap concert, there's going to hardly be any black people there. Yeah. That's so, literally, so when he says... White people feel anxiety listening to primarily black stations or black music. That's false simply because, white, like I said, white people have this the purchasing power. So these black artists that do make it big in a numbers game, they're getting their albums bought by white people because black people are not buying it. So right. the white people are listening more hardcore than black people are. Another thing that he said that kind of took me aback was the 90s radio format getting tired of R&B and then inserting white boy bands and pop of that nature. I feel a way about that simply because white 90, like white pop music, the, the sound of pop that got pop a sound in general because literally right because pop, pop didn't get a sound exactly, until the 90s exactly so pop didn't really have a like okay whitney houston was a pop artist was. she wanted and, to be, and, and 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 that caused issue between whitney and black people black people wanted, she got booed yes and i think it was a soul train awards because they were like she makes white people music right so when so to say that like people were tokens or whatever 
Pop music literally just means music that Popular. everybody in America, in the world, will listen to and like. And uh, and at that time, that worked against Whitney Houston until she started making straight up black, super, super, super black R&B. Yeah. Black people were not rocking with her. Like, they literally booed her. That's a that's a whole nother conversation, too, though, because Whitney originally wanted to make hardcore R&B. Right. Strictly, and, Clive Davis. and Clive was over. He was like, the voice is really giving something that's more worldly, mm-hmm. and I want you to go in this lane. So she did, and she did lose black fans for that she had to win them back over later on mm-hmm. but Whitney Houston's music doesn't con- constitute the sound of pop to me Whitney Houston made pop music Michael Jackson made pop music Paula Abdul made pop music their music is not similar at all there was no sound to pop as a genre pop didn't get a sound until Britney Spears Backstreet Boys Christina the Aguilera boy band is what he the was boy saying. band era until that era that is when pop got a sound and but still, and they still, weren't doing anything but the white version of 90s R&B music Christi- all of them oh, people Christina to their to their best of the best of their vocal ability they were doing the same runs as TLC they were also, doing the same runs as all of the color me bad and all of those but like what made it different was how the songs were written so like yes. R&B songs are written a very specific way like the way the bridge and advance are are constructed are very different because if you listen to like all the white boy bands the bridges they're literally taking the chorus and re redoing the vocal arrangement mm-hmm. on the chorus to make it a bridge that would That's never happen in r&b like so the bridge is a completely different shape right than the chorus and the um the hook and the verses it's are different. it's all different so literally like they reformatted that music. And the thing is, these kids, the Britneys and the Justins, all that, they grew up on Whitney Houston and Michael Jackson, which was pop music. There Whitney, is a Whitney Disney. Houston and Michael Jackson ran, they ran pop music did. for the 80s and early 90s. And so any kid, regardless of race, is going to sound like them because that that's is who what they ran know. That's who ran pop music. So being inspired by those artists, being inspired by those artists doesn't mean that they are trying to put an erasure on black music or anything like that. Like this guy is kind of saying, like, even if it plays into from a business aspect, some sort of racism, I don't think that that is what these artists are doing or their listeners or the radio. I think that it's all... I'm not going to say all coincidental because, like, there is a science to it, but I do not think that white supremacy is at the, the the helm of it at all. And to say pop music is scared of being dominated by black artists, not when Michael Jackson and Whitney were the biggest pop artists. Not, not even that, but on the fucking Mickey Mouse Club, they have videos of Christina Aguilera doing covers of Tony Braxton songs. Right. The girl was 13 talking about <laughs> Breathe Again. Like, that is not a coincidence. She was obviously inspired by this music. It was so popular at the time. Mm-hmm. Black people in the 90s ran the world. So it was inescapable for white people to be a part of that as a genre. Mm -hmm. So when they get old enough to make their own music, of course, it's going to be similar to that. I don't think that the industry did that. No. That doesn't make any sense. And that's almost, that's like way too much. Like y'all are, that's y'all are doing way too much. Okay. So then if you ask the pop uh, radio programmer, they would probably just say they're catering to what their white audience wants in the same way that an urban radio programmer caters to what their black audience wants. But this is a false equivalency. By branding themselves as pop or top 40, radio stations are positioning themselves as a neutral reflection of what normal people listen to, which is another way of reinforcing whiteness as normal, like the music equivalent of flesh-colored band-aids. 
Pop radio insulates white listeners from black music, which prevents them from having to embrace their shared humanity with black artists and prevents them from having knowledge to the history of black innovation and white appropriation. I want to stop there. What? First of all, let white people listen to their own music in peace. Let black people <laughs> listen to their music in peace. I don't want to hear no white artists on my radio station unless they sing black. <laughs> JoJo. Unless you're JoJo, Tina Marie, John B., Mac Ayers. If you ain't one of four white people, I will literally set the radio station on fire if I hear your voice. Even, I don't want to hear it. Even naming those artists, that goes to show that his points are a little bit wrong because those artists are not even getting played on because black they're, stations. Because they're the because those are white artists that are similar exactly. to what's being played on R and B. Like Post Malone, Adele, Sam Smith, they are not similar to no black artists. That is pure D grade A whiteness. <laughs> like there is nothing black, urban, soulful about that. Okay. And then Pop Radio insulates white listeners from black music, which prevents them from having to embrace their shared humanity with black artists. What? That doesn't make any, that's just not true. And prevents them from having to acknowledge the history of black innovation. Let me tell all of you, like anyone that's white listens to this show, black people as a unit, we don't want y'all to know about our culture. (laughs) Any black person that wants to share their culture with you is someone that grew up in, be in, in majority white spaces. Yeah. Black people that grew up in black spaces don't want y'all to know who Tony Braxton is. Right. We want to keep that to ourselves. We want to keep certain things to ourselves and it's our own culture. It's our, it's our, we can say that we don't want to share. And we can that say fine. that y'all shouldn't be privy to it. And I don't think that we live, I know they say, oh, America's a melting pot, but like, no, like, that's not fair because then that dilutes our culture. Like, yeah. and it, does, it, it it takes away things being special to us. Right. I think that if it came a time where, I think that if in the 90s it was the way that it is now, it would have been riots. I don't think what that it would have been, like, the way that Tony Braxton wouldn't have an audience full of white people at her concert. Never. Back in the day. Or or probably she still she now. She don't now. Yeah, I've seen now. Tony Braxton live three times in the last, like, ten Whereas years. Whereas Travis Scott might have equal white people and black people at his concert. No, Travis Scott is 90% white. Oh, what do shit. you mean? I mean, you're not wrong. What do you I'll mean? I'm trying to give people the benefit of the doubt. No. What do you mean? Like that's what I, I mean. That concert where he was shaking the the baseboards at fucking Webster Hall. It was mostly white people. But that's people. all. Huh? You said what? It was mostly white people. Exactly. Yeah. Like if we wind up going to the show in Philly, it's at that stadium. It's going to be about fifteen black people. And that's weird to me and because, a, ugh, well, Philly is just super black to me. <laughs> but but black but like hood niggas not listening to Travis Scott. No. You know what I'm saying? They not listen to the whole album. They don't listen to Sicko Mode. Yeah. But they not about to be listening to, like, Yosemite. No, like, I mean, which is a hit. Have you heard the Chop the Screw version? No, but I need to so I can cry myself We need to talk to Brian Dunn about that poppy, um, poppy screw tape that he got. <laughs> need it. Okay, I just want to finish this thread up. I'm almost done. Three tweets left. Black listeners don't have the luxury of being able to insulate themselves from white music. It's everywhere all around us. In commercials, movies, playing in stores, elevators, taxi radios. Even if you only listen to pop radio, I mean, urban radio, pop music is inescapable. Let me tell you something. I I did not hear Despacito, and he will tell y'all, I didn't hear Despacito (laughs) until almost the fall of 2017. (laughs) I've never heard an Ariana Grande song in my life. I've never heard, I've only heard one Post Malone song in my life, and that was that White, White Iverson. Iverson. And then I heard, I heard, oh, I did hear the song with 21 Savage because yeah. I was trying to support Key. 
Um, and then I saw him perform on the Grammys, and I was like, whoa, this is so white. I can literally only name maybe one or two Katy Perry songs. I've only heard one Sam Smith song, and that's because I had to have I had to be able to say I don't like his music. So I had <laughs> so to listen to it first yeah. so I could say I don't like I didn't like the way his look told me that he wasn't going to sing nothing that I wanted to hear. Okay. But you know what I'm saying? So you can't black, like, my mom don't know none of these white artists. <laughs> my mom don't either. And my mom stay up in the supermarket, and let me tell you, that's the other thing, too. If you live in a black neighborhood, they play black music. They play in the black places. music in the stores. Yeah. So I live in Bedside. When I go to Home Depot, SWV is on the radio in Home Depot. When you when told I, me that, I cried. Last it's thing. true. When I go, to, I I've posted it on social media all the time. Like, oh, I'm in I'm Home Depot and they playing Dino Jones. When I go to <laughs> Food Town on Fulton Street, they are playing The Whispers. I'm not lying to y'all. When no, I go she's in the serious. Dwayne Reed, like if you live in a black neighborhood. Or you live in a place where it's populated by a lot of black people, you will not hear none of this stuff. So that's just not true. And the other thing is, black people like music of all kinds, and white people love our music too. White people love our music more than we do. Like you said earlier, mm-hmm. like they're buying our stuff more than they than than they are. So than we are. So I think that that's just not true. Anyway, last two <laughs> last tweets. Cause this is just so not true and it's just stressful. Cause I know he means well. But it's just not it's correct. It's She's been holding this in for like... A month. No, like we were on break and she was like, we need to talk about this. <laughs> okay. Black artists have been trying to cross over to the pop world forever. And occasionally they do. But they will always be the exception despite the fact that black music is wildly popular and provides a creative fuel that moves pop music forward. I appreciate th- that this year the AMAs gave the Best Pop Rock Group Award to Migos. It's an award that usually goes to groups like Maroon 5 or One Direction. Imagine if the Grammys, Billboard, and Radio actually allow popularity to define pop music. Black artists are not pressed to cross over. <laughs> I think that there, there was are, a time. There, there are certain artists that yeah. want to cross over, but that's not a priority. No. For, black people don't care about white people as much as, as much as Twitter makes y'all think. Black people don't or care. Or as much as white people care about black people. Right. Black people don't, like, regular, real black people. Like, normal-ass black people do don't not care. care. <laughs> and, you know, and, I, and to his point, when Migos won best, uh, what was it, best pop rock group, I thought it was weird they put them under rock, but I think... That's, it, how, the, that's how the award shows group stuff, though. Right. Like, in most categories, it is like a rap rock, because they don't get their own. Their own thing. Right. But I do think that Migos... They belong to white people. I get it. Like, <laughs> not belong. You know what I'm saying? But like, be- because because this is my thing. We're talking about Migos, and then you got then you got like Travis Porter. Travis Porter belongs to black people. Yes, that is black music. Like Migos belongs to white people. You go to a Travis Porter show, it's gonna be a bunch of black people there. You go, Travis Porter is the is the precursor to Migos. Yeah. If you go to a Migos They're concert, three, six mafia it's kids. gonna be super super white. Like Migos are pop. You know what I mean? They make rap music that is palatable for today's white person. Right. And it's not a bad thing because hood niggas listen to Migos just as much as white people do, but hood niggas not at the shows. No. So I mean, they 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 gonna be at that South P and um and Dave East concert though. Oh, that, are. that album was good too. If y'all haven't <laughs> checked it out, Dave East and Styles P have I an album and it's great. I personally can't listen to a full project of Dave East, but pictures of him are great. <laughs> Never heard him rap till this album came out. I'm not interested. But anyway, I mean, just to kind of wrap it up, I just think that, you know, a lot of our allies are, like, very well-intentioned, but they say things that aren't necessarily true 
And they're kind of in some ways speaking for black people yes. when they don't have the range to do that. I feel like it's very similar to how we go off about super woke people having this platform to say all of this incorrect stuff about black people as a whole. And it's just not true. It's this girl to be on the internet popping her shit and she just always wrong. And she put out some stats recently saying that Insecure is a show for white people. That's just not true. I do understand that they have a large viewership of white people, which was actually surprising to me because I think the number is like 62% of Insecure's viewership is by white people or white households. News to me because the internet will make it seem like only black people are watching that shit. And mm. I understand how we are under a cloud of Twitter. It's not always true. But that does not mean that Issa Rae made that show in the hopes that white people will watch her shit. I do not think that that was the case at all. No. The girl also goes on to say all of this stuff about how nobody on the show is a black American. It's a bunch of Africans acting and putting on the costume of black people. Shut up. That's not true either. <laughs> because Issa Rae, even though she's half Senegalese, she grew up in a very American way. She doesn't mm -hmm. even claim her Senegalese heritage in the way that maybe uh, Yvonne Orji does, because Yvonne Orji is very Nigerian and proud. That's similar to a lot of my Nigerian friends. Like, that's how their culture is in their households. I don't think that that means that they are putting forth a caricature of black Americans on TV. What show is out that is showing the life of the life of an African family that came over to America. Since that is not something that exists right now, her playing a black American character is not offensive to me. That's just what the job is available. Mm -hmm. And she's friends with Issa. Issa picked her for the role. She may say weird things about a African Americans or not, but I don't think that her character is much different from the people that I graduated from Clark Atlanta with. Like, the characters on that show are very true to how young black people act. It's not... They, that that show is a documentary of people that went to Spellhouse, FAMU, and Howard. Yeah, like, it's regular college-educated black people on that show. Like, that's literally... Maybe the girl who put out these insecures for white people... Uh, exposés don't know these type of black people, but she also seemed like she only had white friends before recently. So, I don't... <laughs> I just, I think that in the case of the guy who is trying to be an ally and in the case of a lot of woke people, I think that they are misguided and that they, their surroundings don't constitute blackness. They're not around true born and bred black people who come from black households and have a black upbringing and went to black schools. Who and had do corn liquor in their Bible. Like I mean, in their bottle. <laughs> like they, they are around mostly white people or the black people who entertain the idea of hanging out specifically with white people. And I don't think that they should be the voices for everyone because everyone is not like that. And it's just creating a narrative that's not true. And when you're creating false narratives, we can't move forward. We can't progress in an effective way because the progress is going to be built on top of a lie yes. or a, or a non-truth or something that's not real. And something so that we've we been need saying. To, so we need to really start we need to unpack and unravel a lot of these narratives that are out here because they're not true and they're actually impeding progress. Yes. In a real way. Especially because these voices that are incorrect are, again, something that we've been saying since the beginning of time on the show. They're the ones that get the jobs and get the opportunities in media to be a voice, a continued voice, even though they don't really know what they're talking about. And that's harmful to not mm -hmm. only the culture, but the industries that they are doing it in because media is not what they're saying that it is, but they have the platform to make you believe it. Mm -hmm. Similar to Nicki Minaj and these lies. Oh. And I mean, yeah, with him being like the chief content officer, right. that, that's a really big deal. And that's a really 
that's kind of like the same thing of the issue of like the white woman that's the curator of hip hop at Namak, like yeah. or it was on a curation team. Like that means that you are the keeper of this culture. You know what I mean? And you can't have a job that you can't have a job that's that important and that integral and not be accurate. Yes, and I don't think that spending time in those places is enough because if it was they would be correct sometimes and right. they aren't i think that you really need to take inventory of the people who lived that life and are actually a part of that culture and seek those people out a little bit harder before y'all do all of this hiring or before y'all license these videos to get played and get all these motherfucking views on youtube and shit <laughs> because people really just be wrong and, and they have a following like the, the video that says insecure is for white people it got over Almost 20,000 views. See? That's very strange to me. Hate views or not, they're still views. Like, even if you're watching it because you don't like her, you watched it. Mm-hmm. And that's like putting a battery in certain people's back. And it's just like, she not even right. Mind you, I'm going off. This is the same girl who we talked about last season who said that Bruno Mars was a cultural appropriator and we defeated all of her remarks then as well. She just don't be right. And y'all allow her to get on these shows and talk about these things. And I'm just like, this girl's never right. And when I disagree with her, the show she was on blocked me on Twitter. So there's that. And she not even on it no more because they disagree with her now. So unblock my girl. And you need to stop watching that show, too. And the show we're talking about is The Grapevine All TV. right, so we can just go ahead and put this out there. Stephanie made me like The Grapevine. I think that The Grapevine is a very good platform for perspective. I don't necessarily agree with anybody on there, but I think that it's good <laughs> for a forum like that to be had. And I think that more black people should be having these type of conversations, even if it's just in a friend circle. But Stephanie was like, oh, you're going to hate this show, but I need you to watch it so we can talk about it. I started watching it, and then Stephanie got mad weeks later when I, she found out I was still watching Watching it. You made me like the show. But my thing is, and this is this is hood law, if your friend is like, oh, I fought this girl, or oh, this girl did whatever to me, you stop being friends with that girl. I don't disagree with you. And so if the show has me blocked when I literally said nothing to them, I did nothing to them, all I said was that the girl Seren is not speaking actual fact about Ever. Bruno Mars and music. And I said that the show always usually has a, somebody that's dedicated to the topic and they mm-hmm. should have had a dedicated music journalist on the episode. And I don't talk like, I crack jokes on Twitter and I say things that I'm, I'm imitating y'all that be upset. But I said this in like a regular way. Like, right. I, was like I was like, yo, I love, I love the grapevine and they always have somebody that's an expert in the topic. How come they don't have an expert on here oh, for, for, music. for music? Bring us on, Vine. And that's, well, they're not going to bring us on because they got me blocked. So, whatever. We can um now go into the size portion of the episode. <laughs> because... The way that you smiled at me, good night.
to talk about Rihanna since it's Rihanna month. It's Rihanna's month, baby. So we are actually going to run through our 10. Okay, I'm going to put this out there. We originally said going to be our favorite 10 Rihanna deep cuts. We said five. Okay, it started with five, then it went to ten, then it was like, oh, are these really our favorite favorites? Are they in any particular order? We can't. Rihanna has the best discography out at the Toya Luckett. So, um, and James huh. Sullivan, and Fantasia, and Faith. So, she, I'm, the, the I'm, list is I'm not lying. I mean, I love all of these women. So, um... But yeah, so we're gonna go through. Muse, do you want to start with? Can we? We want to do back and forth. Or you want to? We can do back through? and forth. So, like from a deep cut perspective, I think that the first one that I have to talk about from Rihanna is Firebomb. The lava seems to clear the road. Oh, 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 ready to blow. Oh, sing James Fauntleroy. Write your fingers bloody. <laughs> I think that there is a chemistry between them two motherfuckers that I just can't fathom. Like, Firebomb, the, listen to the fucking lyrics Please. of Firebomb if you never heard that song Please. before. I think that Firebomb, I put it first because I think that Firebomb might be my favorite Rihanna song. It's not out of my top five. Like, it's up there. It's not out of my top three, it's probably. up either. there. I think the one thing about Rihanna, and this is why I love Rihanna's, catalog so much outside of the fact that how we talked earlier about how she emotes so much is the songwriting is like completely mind-blowing like Ugh. she knows how to get songwriters to get to the heart of the people look Fire i'm on. crying right now on the inside just because i'm looking the lyrics up uh i just want to set you on fire so i won't have to burn alone, alone. like what don't be going through a breakup at the time you listen uh, to the song. You might key the nigga car. Uh, like, dead ass. Rihanna said, fire's on my trail and he's after me. Uh, Hope it don't get here before I get where I'm going. I got to get where I'm going. Take off my mask to, to breathe. breathe. Sing, uh, bitch. We could have been part of a masterpiece. Uh, break my heart, Fauntleroy. That's the thing. Where <laughs> I'm going, we don't need no breaks. <laughs> Don't. The lovers need to clear the road. She said, can't wait to see your face when your front windows break and I come crashing through. Woo! These when are lyrics. Look, write the story. <laughs> Give me my list, because we can talk about Firebomb all night. All and night. And we really be trying not to talk y'all faces off. Ugh. We got to do all this in like 45 minutes, because y'all be sick of us for these long-ass episodes. I know. Um... I put for my like first one I wanted to talk about was a double track. I love when Rihanna does a little gives you a double track, but Mother Mary and Love Without Track um Without Tragedy. Um so first of all Start the show. Rihanna started the Diamonds tour with Mother Mary and she's another person why I love going on her tours because she does all her deep cuts and give you like three singles. <laughs> she don't care. She do you, what she want to do in concert. And what she want to do is all the deep cuts and she know that's what her fans like. It's that's what her you. fans love. So what you want to do. Like it, like it, like it, like it. it. <laughs> Y'all have to start watching Martin. Like if you don't, what's wrong? So, I mean, like, Mother Mary, like, the, again, lyrics. The Dream did this song for her. She says, as time, fl no, she said, she said, um, never thought this many people would even know my name. Wow. As time flies way above me, for you, I cried tears deeply. Oh, glory. <laughs> the praise carried me. Preach. Okay. <laughs> I'll be a star. You keep directing me. 
to the best thing you ever seen. Let's capture the moment. Look, Rihanna said the rocks were crying out. She was praise dancing. Yes. And what's love without tragedy? Like, come on. Like, uh, his the little story they, I had to tell ooh, about, about this boy, boy I know so well. well. She was talking about Chris Brown because her and Chris Brown didn't have a duet right after that, which is basically their Bobby and Whitney. We got something in common. That's which, on your list, too. Is that put it on there? You took it off. I took it off because I was like, whatever. I don't want to upset people because that because yeah. Rihanna and Chris Brown triggers people. I don't care what nobody say. I think I said in this episode already. Rihanna and Chris Brown, just like I feel about her and James Fauntleroy, there is a chemistry there musically that is unmatched. He made me realize that Rihanna could do things with her voice that she wasn't doing before mm-hmm. because Disturbia. Uplift the name of Disturbia and those ad libs that he got her to do. She was not singing like that wasn't. prior to that song. Wasn't. It just wasn't a thing. All right. Because <laughs> I had to calm myself down. Uh, another James Fauntleroy classic out of her discography is on my list. Get it over with. Music. I don't understand why uh, that wasn't a single, honestly. Because the song is just too depressing. It doesn't make me sad, though. How does it not make you sad? They because sa- sometimes they you just gotta let it rain. The clouds are j- Listen, <laughs> and sometimes the people... Okay, so the premise of the song... Should we just read the lyrics if people don't know? I can't with you. <laughs> because, first of all, y'all know Rihanna has a very close relationship with Christ. So oh, damn. These songs... As most Islanders do. These songs are like low-key, like hella churchy um <laughs> but you won't get that from just listening to it. you gotta really know the lyrics and people don't be knowing the lyrics yeah because they probably think that like she's just like saying Stuff. talking about some boy well but... no i think that people think this song is about getting high yeah and it's not it's she, okay i'm gonna read you all the lyrics this this is how the song opens it's dark in the day now say now don't complain I hear you say, look up, the sun is just a cloud away, but you're so afraid to cry, your heart be feeling dry, it's time to change, but you keep thundering, thundering, I'm wondering, wondering, why it keeps thundering, won't you, wait, thundering, they wrote the song, the lyrics wrong, wondering, wondering, why you keep thundering, I know, why you keep thundering, don't you let it just fucking rain, like, just let the hard shit just, like, happened because when that rain is done, it's going to be the sun all over again, like. And then at the end, she is saying, like, getting high in the clouds. Like, she's like, I'm smoking because I'm so stressed and I'm sad and mm-hmm. I'm just like, ugh, music, lyric. Hit music, to be completely honest. Wow. Like, uh, I'm sorry, I know that was your song, but No, it's fine. You went off. You said everything I, I needed did. to say. I did. Speaking of going off, higher. Ugh. We never gonna get that song live, but she did play. She didn't sing, but it was the last song when she walked off the stage for the anti tour. Uh huh. It was. Um, I wanted it like real bad in real life. Yeah. I know. Okay, so I love Higher so much because it literally sounds it's like in she is in the studio, high, chain smoking cigarettes, crying, drunk. Like that song literally is just so like sad. Okay, sorry, I'm going. You are going. <laughs> She really just sounds so devastated. She be going off. She literally is in a very dark, 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 dark place when she's singing a song. I love that her voice is cracking. Like, she literally sound like, if any of y'all are this old, if y'all remember Sparkle, when the sister sings Giving Up, 
and she's and she's it's like her right before she dies from overdose on um on heroin and she's like sister can't fly on one wing and she's singing her voice is cracking and she sounds like she is like smoked out and depressed that's exactly how rihanna sounds on higher now if you want to stress yourself out further i suggest yes. listening to miriam mariba i think she's going by mariba now last call lonely Oh, a hit. Because Sorry. it is like the perfect segue into higher. Because Last Call Lonely is about her at the bar with her friends. Her friends leave. She stayed because she's so depressed. She's drunk. She's like in this bar drunk by herself. And then higher is like you show up at your ex house drunk trying to talk to him. <laughs> or or you're in the house texting him like crazy because you finally got home from the bar. Like, I mean, those are two very complimentary songs. Um, but you I love, love higher because she she doesn't even care that she's not all the way like on key or whatever because you just hear the raw emotion. That's I the love, emotion stuff that we were talking about. Love higher. Go ahead. My next song is numb simply because I'm obsessed with Sam Dude. But also he wrote the song and she actually co-wrote it too. I don't know what part she put in there, but hit music. It's a jam. I think that <laughs> now you're the one going off. Sorry. <laughs> Yo, hey! She stacked those vocals tight hey, like how Beyonce stacked the vocals in Party. Hit music. I don't know why that song does what it does to me, but even the choreography when they be dancing, Ooh. like it's so lit yeah. to me. It's just a cool ass song. I love Numb. They take Eminem out though. So, okay, about that. I think that there are a lot of songs that don't need the rapper. Right. I think that I do. Okay, so. Because, you know, I'll be having feelings. Feelings. So deep in my... I feel like Eminem and Rihanna's relationship musically is interesting. I think that it's good. I think that they make good product together. I don't necessarily need him rapping on songs with her all it's the time, It's good for though. pop music. I don't want to hear it on it's my Urban It's good for pop music, but Numb is not that song for no. them. I see what they did with Love the Way You Lie, because I love that song, but I really like Rihanna's solo version better. So I like what he brings out of her and the type of music that they create, but I don't really need Eminem on them. I don't really need Eminem on most things. I don't need Eminem, period. I think that he's really like a phenomenal rapper. I just don't listen to him. I, I don't concur. But I feel like that about J. Cole, too. I don't know anything about Jermaine. See, there's that. Oh my god, this girl's on Twitter talking about the going on dates with boys that are J. Cole fans are like the worst. Oh my god, they, I can imagine. Because they be trying to like act like they're so smart and be breaking down his verses and you're like, bro, I don't even heard this in my life. I just think that with J. Cole specifically, I want to like him a little bit more because I think that he's super talented, but he beats me over the head with the message that he's a student of hip-hop and I don't need that. No, no one needs it. Yeah. Um, the next song I have on my list is, this is for OG people, Question Existing. <sighs> Um, I Hello, love that. This is Robin. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that song is from the Good Girl Going Bad album. An era. An era. Um, and I love An that era. song because that's when Rihanna was really pivoting out of the like sweet pop mm-hmm. island girl into like I'm Rihanna, like bad bitch, like G Pharrell type girl. <gasps> and she was and, and that was also at the time where she really was like getting astronomically famous. So for her to have this song where she's saying like, who do I make this music for? Who mm-hmm. am I anymore? Like and at the end of the song, she's talking and she's like, hi, it's Robin. Because <laughs> she's like, at the end of the day, like y'all know me as Rihanna, Rihanna. but I still want to be Robin. I'm still Robin. When I go home and I'm off the stage, like I'm Robin and I want people to see 
Robin. I think that speaks to how she has set her career up too. Like if you notice, Rihanna keeps her day ones closest to yep. her. Yep, she's she been don't rocking be with celebrities the like same that. crew. That's another thing. Rihanna don't really have a celebrity friend. Mm-mm. Like you don't see her out and about with a bunch of these other girls. I know her and Naomi Campbell have a specific relationship, but usually Rihanna is with her girls from home. Mm-hmm. They work with her. Like, they're the people who help her get dressed. They're the people who are, like, behind her at all times. She's on tour with them. Like, they follow her everywhere that she go. She not hanging out with, like, Zoe Kravitz. No. That would be cute, but it's not happening. Never gonna happen. And I think it's a good bookend to um, um, just the half of it. Yes. Um. So yes. half of it is a song that's on Unapologetic, written by Emily Sande. And Rihanna is like, a you writer. see me, she's like, you saw me on the television, but that's just the half of it. Like, right. you see me on stage, just the half of it. So it's like, she just continuously saying, like, I'm still a regular girl. I'm still Robin from the west side of an island, is Hello? what she says on Mother, Mother Mary. Mary. So I think that that just, like, I just love that song. I think that artists have to build coping mechanisms to deal with the amount of fame that they get. And I don't think that we as regular people can imagine how it feels to be extremely famous. Like, yeah, all of us have a cute following on Instagram mm-hmm. and, like, people look at our lives and shit. That's you. But it's not the same. Oh. Influencer. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to get a K behind my followers and a verified check, but whatever. <laughs> One day. What's on your list next? I think it's your No, I just, I just did, did mine. I just did, no, I just did Question Existing. Oh, boom. So, ooh, your next song is everything. But back to me. <laughs> skin. Woo! Your skin if you have a sex playlist and skin is not number one, are you really having sex? That's my question. Skin, I've seen this choreography. I don't know if y'all remember America's Next Best Dance Crew, but I'm a nerd for stuff like that. And the guy who led the crew fanny pack he did some choreography to skin. It changed my world. Like, it made me look at the song in a completely different way. And I was just like, off some dance shit, this is my new favorite Rihanna song. Skin was very important to me because if I had to pick a least favorite era of Rihanna's, it would be loud. I think mm-hmm. that even though I fuck with the bulk of the songs on the album, that is out of her full discography, my least favorite. Skin made me re-listen to the whole album. Like, okay, wait, yep. if this is on here, it's gotta be something else that I'm super gonna love. Mm-hmm. And... I don't even I don't, I could I could talk about I could do a dissertation on skin. Yeah, skin like, was everything. I think that it came from Oh, could you imagine Sabrina Claudio covering skin? She should. <laughs> Brina, you hear us? Look, we your fans. Listen do what to we us. Say. <laughs> I think that Rihanna is looked at as this like super sexual man eating like badass bitch. And I think that, yes, that is part of her, duh. But skin just plays into that a little bit. And I love stuff like that. Like, this is what y'all think about me. This is what I'm going to give y'all. And mm-hmm. you don't know whether I mean it or not. I like that. But it's that. not even like, I think people look at Rihanna as like some wild, crazy sex. And like, that she don't song give is a that bit, to me. That song is very like boyfriend sex. Yes, it's not like one Rihanna night stand Rihanna be having boyfriends. She don't like, Rihanna don't give me hut. I mean hut. Rihanna don't give me hoe or like slut. No. She's and not first the of all, she piece. was dating what's the call it when this album came out? That fine baseball player. Matt Kemp. Ugh, I really like them together. You know, even though her, me, her and Travis are my favorites. But I can't get behind her and Travis Scott because Travis Scott chooses to look like a gargoyle. You can't change your face. I mean, his his, no. his wife's family changed their faces, but... All right. They not married, but... When you got a baby with somebody, y'all married. I don't care. Is that what niggas think? 
No. Okay. But do we listen to anything they say? <laughs> Next song. <laughs> That's that on that. I mean, because you always go off about Travis Scott and Rihanna's relationship, and I just think that I'm Travis speak Scott about made himself look a certain way. He used to look like a, a like a regular guy. No, but you see, he don't. He got his skin together, so he looks like he when he first came out with them little pieces. Whatever. Next song <laughs> is. We all want love. Somebody was talking about Make this song me cry, on Rihanna. Twitter the other day, and I was like, "Yes, people do not talk about we all want love enough." enough. Like this, I think this is also from Loud Era. When is Loud Era, or was this Talk That Talk? We all want love is Talk That Talk. Talk okay. That Talk made me cry. But also, people really didn't give Talk That Talk like it's the life, life. that it deserved. Um, I think that they thought it was going to be an album full of We Found Loves, and it just wasn't given that. Yeah. Which um, I'm excited about because when we. Th- Rihanna does something to me when she breaks into her new era that I always have to get adjusted to. And that's why. That's what makes her sickening. Oh, she's every everything. era is ever. That's why her, Christina Aguilera, like. They give y'all a whole new everything. No, Rihanna, I've been saying this since Good Girl Gone Bad. Rihanna is the black Madonna. You don't know what she gonna do when Ever. she come out. It's always something Ever. completely different from the last time. And like I said, for me as a fan, it's always an adjustment period because I didn't understand coming from uh, Skin and like Cheers and all of that oh, to We Found Love. It just yeah. it shook me a little bit, even though I had to get adjusted to the loud stuff too, because mm-hmm. Rated R is probably before Anti my favorite album. Me too. So Rated R, I was stuck on her Rated R era for like way longer than I should have been but because she, she had, was over it. But she had to give loud because she had to say I'm happy again. She had to show people that she wasn't going to be like this. And forever. she wasn't a victim and all that. But I just want to really quickly read some lyrics from. Oh please, because the audience needs to cry like I did. Ooh. I'm before you start, <laughs> we all want love is commentary on today's dating game. It Mm. is basically talking about how most single people of a certain age group, millennials, probably feel when it comes to not being able to find somebody that's for you or Mm. finding someone that you think is for you and it being a completely different situation and like having to deal with all of the bullshit that comes with fuckboyisms and Mm. the drama drama of like, like love of today. And these lyrics are about the hit you where it counts. I'm going to try to do it in the melody so I can get the way she does it. Uh I can pretend that I'm not lonely, but I'll be constantly fooling myself. I can pretend that it don't matter, but I'll I'll be sitting here lying to myself. Some say love ain't worth the buck, but I'll give every dime I have left to have what I've only been dreaming about. Everybody Uh wants something. Gotta want something. What are you living for? Everybody wants something, fighting for something. I know what you're fighting for. Because we all want someone there to hold. And she says, we just want somebody. She sings. Sing. We all just want to be somebody's (laughs) one and only. We all want to be warm when it's cold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And then it's the list of part right here that takes me out. No, she screams this. No one wants to be left scared and lonely. Look. We all, we all, we all, we all, we all want the same thing. We all want the same thing. Everybody wants something. Gotta want something. Yeah, we all want love. Child, please. <laughs> it really put me in a place. I remember exactly where I lived. Like, what Shout was going on Esther in my Dean, life. by the way, for writing that. Oh, we need to uplift the name of Esther Rihanna Dean. Because Rihanna and Esther Dean are also a nice relationship that I like. Oh, for sure. Esther Dean kind of put herself on the map through Rihanna. Right. Like, 
Some oh. of your favorite Rihanna songs are written by that pen. Mm. So, okay. For my song, my next song, I just want to say, I lick the gun when I'm done. Because you know that revenge is sweet. So sweet. Look at the gang, ladies, bang, baby, bang. Tell me what you need. She said, um. Any motherfucker want to disrespect? Playing with a fire, gotta get you wet. How's it feel right there on your knees? Sing. Oh, <laughs> girl, cuz come on, we ain't done yet. Got a lot to handle, we ain't take over the world yet. We are army, better yet, a navy, better yet, crazy. Guns in the air, guns in the air, guns in the air. Can't hurt us again when you come around here. We got our guns in the air, we got our guns, got our, we got our guns in the motherfucking air. Oh. This is my best friend's um, ringtone. <laughs> no, like I that song is dedicated song. to Sunita, Melissa, like No, it's a whole crew of Because us, like, you know her Mark, and her girlfriend. Ron. No, I'm not talking about your friends or Rihanna oh. friends. You don't come off. <laughs> I was about to show all my homeboys out. <laughs> Jerome, Joel, Tiff, Murray, <laughs> Fatima, Veronica, like the whole list. Oh my, you're Chicago, Daniela, like everybody. Oh, okay, let me God. stop. <laughs> Khadija, okay, I'm done. I love that song because, because you know that this, okay, this song came out right after the whole Chris Brown thing, and you know Melissa and all of them had been to Chris Brown door before, and that song was really Lavelle, like, I'm still naming uh, people, sorry. And that song really, like, took back her power to be like, she, she's like, yo, like, you not coming around here, you're not gonna hear us again, like, no. no. And she was basically saying, like, I'm getting through everything that y'all see because of the people I have in my life that are holding me down. Yep. She was like, she made it like violent and gangy, but it be like that. Like your friends got your back. That's what it give. Do. Huh. She you. said, girl, I'm with you. If they get you, they getting me. So come on, let's go. Go. Everything. Hit music. Yeah, I love that song. It's a good one. Um, great one, actually. <laughs> um, Oh, I skipped. We still we we really in a radar R moment. Cause radar is really that girl. Photographs. About this boy I know so well. Back in the day was cool enough. We fell in love. We fell in love. Okay, we can't sing everything. So photographs is a really interesting song because Will I Am wrote it. He wrote it for Fergie, and Rihanna went to his house and camped out at his house until he gave her the song. And the song is so good because she's talking about basically like a breakup. Because again, this is right after the Chris Brown thing um, situation. I want to call it a thing situation. Um, and she and the song is like, in the, in the bridge she says, all I've got are these photographs. I remember when you used to make me laugh. I don't want to be stuck in the past, but you're all that I have that I have. I don't want to lose what we got this far. This is me I'm and you. Up. You're my superstar. Like, I mean, she is like, oh. They really got to the essence of what could have been any of her feelings after that situation with mm -hmm. Chris. Because, and this is another thing about the power of Rihanna, because I don't think that, or I never heard of artists doing this before. I'm sure that they had their own way of doing it, but Rihanna used to have writing camps. Like, mm -hmm. all of these songwriters that she was working with on a regular basis, they would, like, camp out. Like you said, her going to Will I Am House, they would have all of the writers do that too and they would be housed yeah. in a certain place for a certain amount of time because the era was coming and they needed to get into yeah. it. 
So she said she has Sia and them locked up the whole um <laughs> um what was that unapologetic era? Yep, she did. Sia was locked in that house. She said, "Girl, you're not leaving." <laughs> Esther D, Sia, James Fallaboy, all of those people, like Big the boy, people, who, everybody. Wow, locked up. Don't she let did me them out. Like how, she did them like how Drake do forty. You know what? I don't want to. I don't. Free, 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 my nigga, forty. Uh, you know. Oh God. I don't have any blasphemous things to say about Drake right now. I can't take it. He's hiding a child. It's fine. <laughs> Next, song. Next on my list is Drunk on Love. Ooh! Talk That Talk and Raider are really are the ones that are taking over. Can you over. please read the lyrics of the bridge? Oh, and I, I, I wish I could just play a little snippet, honestly. I she mean, was screaming on this song. Uh-huh. Screamed. That sounds weird, but she actually screamed at us the entire Talk That Talk album. And that's fine. Oh, I was into it. Talk Let me pull up these little lyrics me, real yeah, quick. Yeah, Another talk, one. Talk to me, yeah. I needed videos for every single thing. Ooh, and the way she was dressed, them Balenciaga cutout boots, that long dress that she had on them stairways. She had them kiss me curls. It looked like it was really uh, her hair. Rihanna came me. through with the Talk That Talk, that bathtub. Bye, uh. kiss me curls. <laughs> <laughs> she had her hair done like she was going to a baby shower. <laughs> I love when women wear their hair like they're going to a baby shower. Shut I up. know that that makes sense to you. It do, and that's why I don't <laughs> want to have this podcast no more. Can you pull up these lyrics? <laughs> I'm trying. Uh, Google is so easy. Oh, it is. But Drunk in Love came on first. Oh. Well, anyway, Ooh. Drunk on Love is so... Okay, there's Drunk in Love by the Carters, and it's Drunk on Love by Rihanna, and she's literally just talking about like how intoxicating it is. And I just want him to read the chorus because the chorus oh, she is said, so good. You know I'm drunk on love. Nothing can sober me up. It's all that I need. I'm torn right there. Like, throw me away, <laughs> Rihanna. I've been let down, but I've never been tainted, so I stay thirsty for more. No, I won't hold back. No drop is wasted. It's I'll let love run its course. Pour your heart out, Rihanna. <laughs> This album meant something to her. But wait, can we get? Can I? Can I give the people the the bridge? Because that's where I really fall out. <clears throat> <laughs> you had to clear your throat. <clears throat> she said, "I'm gonna sing in a different register." I'm so intoxicated. I love the way you taste on my lips. Uh-huh. Uh-uh. When we kiss, uh-uh. you got me so addicted, so much that I can't resist. Falling into your arms. Hit it. Take me away. Sing. I wear my heart on my sleeve. Uh, music. Always let love take the lead. I may be a little naive. This is a rock and roll song. That's the other thing about Rihanna. Rihanna can tap into so many different genres and just go off. Because Drunk on Love is definitely like a rock me out. Remember that, Joe? Why is that not on my list? It's too too hard to choose. It is. That's why we went from five to ten. And an honorable mention. Right. (laughs) Um, My next song is, okay. So Rihanna also knows how to close an album. So the next two songs on my list um can i actually do them together yeah okay um it's our show come on it's our show um so oh both of these about to put me in a place yeah maybe i should break them up because it's (laughs) it's actually too depressing too much for me so the the first one out of her like album closers is a song called the last song and that Uh, was on rated r and best album out i mean like, okay, I'm just going to read the lyrics because... 
we're standing. Here we are. As a family. Mid- Again, remember, this is this is at the end of her relationship with Chris Brown. Here we are. Mid- Here we are. Midnight after the cliff. Staring down at the end again. Staring but, down at can, the can end. Can I get the lyrics? Because <laughs> you're going off. Again. Maybe we're finally on the road that's heading our way. From heading away from all your complaining of hearing the same. I can't read. I can't read what you're singing because then I want to sing. Hold on. Let me read this to the people. This is my shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> Cover your mouth. Here we are, mid-air off of the cliff, staring down at the end again, but then again. Maybe we're finally on the road that's headed away from all your complaining of hearing the same song. But baby, hear it when I'm gone. It's time to turn on the last song. Uh-huh. Um, And then I just need to read the bridge where she is, her voice literally soared. Like, you can hear the song and like, see like a falcon flying <laughs> over a mountain. There like, she goes, she thinks she phoenix. Listen, she said, what if we left every moment that we could spare and the perfect song ends up being the last song you'll ever hear? I'm about to cry. And this is the part right here, Muse, when, the, when it starts soaring. You'll never know when the song's going to play. The last song you'll hear is the one you made. Your song was beautiful. That's why I started singing it. Look. But this is this song is our song. It's playing until the end, even if it's our last song. What if you wasted love and our love and time disappear and the perfect song ends up being the last song you'll ever hear and then the album is over? Depress me, Rihanna. <laughs> Depress me. I might listen to that on the way home. Uh, Hit music. Jesus. Rated R don't have no skips. Jesus. Tay Amo, all of them. Look. <sighs> I'm still shaking from those lyrics. The last, like, that is lyrics. Y'all need to understand what lyrical content means. She does. Oh, does. Who wrote that? <laughs> I need to research that. Oh, I don't know who, I don't know who Benjamin James a writer is he needs to be celebrated okay and then rihanna has credits on it and of course james Fauntleroy. of course he's singing underneath her but as usual i think that so okay an interesting thing about songwriting really quick rihanna is the type of artist who has gotten to a certain point in her career where she's going to get writing credits off top because she makes tweaks and changes to whatever she's given anyway mm-hmm. so even if rihanna didn't really write anything on that song mm-hmm. the fact that she made it her own she get probably like 35 percent right off top and she also probably tells them what she want to say oh for sure because that's again this stuff is camps, just too personal it's the her album's are thematic it's yeah. never like I, it's never a song that's out of place on the, whatever the era is. So, right. like, the albums always match the give. Right. So, I feel like they had to have a conversation. Like, they probably had a forum, a panel discussion. And she was like, or let something me tell like you. That. Just like how Mary did everybody for the most recent Mary album, she called Jasmine Sullivan and was on the phone with Jasmine Sullivan for hours. I think and that... And Jasmine came back with, like, three songs. It's very strange... <clears throat> That I put them together like this, but I feel like Rihanna is very much so a Mary J. Blige she type is. artist. Like even she's when she's a more um, pop leaning Mary she, J. Blige. Definitely, I feel like the the way that she is with her fans, the grittiness of her like her her soul, I guess, like all of that gives me Mary J. And I thought it was perfect when MTV gave her the Vanguard Award and they had Mary to present her with it for her last piece of the performance because she said something that made sense to me about herself through Rihanna. She's like she has a sound that is sweetened over time. 
time. Mm. Because both of them now are way better vocalists than they were when they first started. Even though people have loved both of them since the beginning. Right. They kind of continue to grow in their artistry and in their craft in a way that people just really don't do. No. I love that about Rihanna. Because you're not going to say... And she wants to get better. That's why she got that vocal coach. Mm-hmm. She wants when to she be- did Love on the Brain Live for whatever award show that was, she had on that green... I was like, who did the voice? Like, tore the stage completely down. What? And people was trying to say that she was lip syncing. No. It did not get And that's why, and that's why she went back on the VMAs and did it at the VMAs live too. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I'm not, look. Next song, because we could be here all night. Oh, wow. I don't know who you think I am. I, I don't, don't know, know who you think, think I am. Am 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 am. am. <laughs> Ow! He oh, been well, gone since three thirty. Hey. And coming home. I put this on the um playlist for this fashion show that I was in one time. It was like great choice of music. It's a duh. Song. It's a Rihanna song. Uh, so this is a good girl going bad era. Breaking, breaking dishes. dishes like. Which is like her version of Ring the Alarm. Basically. Basically. And I think that, again, it fed into the whole, you may think that I'm this sweet and innocent girl, but I'm telling y'all that there is a dark side to me. The lyrics literally say, I'ma fight a man tonight. (laughs) She says it seven times. And then the chorus starts. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) I love this lady so much. Like... Breaking Dishes is a bop to me. Like, I can me play too. that now. It's still good. That's another thing. I don't even know all of her eras are so different. Another reason that she reminds me of Rihanna is because, I mean. Mary. Another, no, not even Mary. Another reason that Rihanna reminds me of Madonna oh. is because you can literally play music from any of the eras and it'll still sound like it just came out. Yep. Aside from maybe A Girl Like Me and her first album, Music of the Sun. I don't even, to be honest, I don't really count them two albums because I feel like that was manufactured and, and package. She definitely became her own artist at, at Good, Good Girl, Girl. Gone Bad. Right, and she that's did. why I st- always start her career. Even though there's a thug in my life, it's still a bop. Mm-mm, that's not really one of my favorites. You but don't I'm like there's a thug it. in my life? It's ghetto, it's cute. <laughs> I like We Ride. I like If yeah. It's Loving That You Want, nigga, you can tell me. Oh, yeah. Um, I but love anyway. Unfaithful. Oh, hit. Another one that's on my list, not to skip you, but since we talking about a girl like me, A Million Miles Away. Hit music. Feels like you're a million. That was my that was my first like I was about to go off. Whoa. It feels like the first time I ever heard her sing a ballad. And like even though that was early on in her vocal career, it was still like I can see what's about to happen mm-hmm. from this like cause Unfaithful shook me all throughout tenth grade. Um <laughs> and I wasn't even ever in that type of love at that point. Like, but I just I got it. And the thing about Rihanna is she sound exactly the way live as she do mm-hmm. on the record. Like so, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> let's go back to being depressed. Um, so, at the end of, I think this is the Loud album, she has another Esther Dean song called Farewell. No, that's on Talk That Talk. Oh, Talk That Talk. Sorry, 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 No, it's sorry. fine. <laughs> um, we just try to give y'all accurate information because we know that y'all going to fact check us. Right. Um, like Hillary Clinton. And so, Farewell is kind of the same thing as, as last song. It's not as depressing, but it is sad and like... The last thing she's like, um, the before the album ends, she says, Farewell, somebody's gonna miss you. Farewell, somebody's gonna wish that you were here. Farewell, somebody's gonna miss you. Somebody's gonna wish you were here, and that somebody is me. And then the album is over, and you're like, Oh, Rihanna! Mind you, she's screaming at the top of her lungs on all of the stanzas of those screaming. lyrics. Screaming. Like, Rihanna said, I'm gonna show y'all how to belt. <laughs> 
Like, she literally, okay, the bridge, when the, first of all, Rihanna gives you a bridge. She says, and I'm going to try to hold it all in, try to hold back my tears so it don't make you stay here. That's deep. Mm. I'm going to try to be a big girl now because I don't want to be the reason why you don't leave. Farewell. Somebody is going to miss you. And that somebody is me. Like, shut up, Rihanna. Shut up, Estadine. <laughs> I'm not telling them to shut up like that. I'm sorry. Um, You skipped me, so I'm going to go to another song. Uh, <clears throat> come on. You skipped me like we did. Um, Connect. I mean, draw four. <laughs> Skip you. Reverse come back on, to Uno. me. <laughs> so I want to take it back to a little more up. I know all these songs are like ballads because I think Rihanna is really good at ballads and slow songs. But I do want to uplift the name of Sell Me Candy, Ooh. which is from the Good Girl Going Bad era. I had the Good Girl Going Bad DVD, the tour DVD. I do too. She went off. I love <laughs> Sell Me Candy. Ooh, Wait. You around like the ice cream man. Hey, Timberland. How you doing? What, what you about to say? Oh, because that DVD, it's a performance of rehab that she does on there. She sounds Oh, yeah. I mean, the whole tour. Even oh, when she God. did questions, it's like... That whole t- y'all bring back our Bob. Bring back tour DVDs. I mi- oh everybody needs to listen to that. I right? want tour DVDs again because I want to see when Jay Z and Beyonce do everything is love tour next year. Mm-hmm. I need it on DVD. Well, I need on the run too on DVD because I'm still upset at the show that I got. All right, we don't have to do it. I've done it the past three episodes <laughs> and we've break in between and everything. Still upset. It's fine. <laughs> Speaking of Timbal- her relationship with Timbaland, I want to uplift a couple songs. Yeah, I said it. First of all, y'all didn't even know Timbaland produced that because it doesn't sound like anything that he ever made before. But Timbaland did Sell Me Candy, Yeah, I Said It. And with the writing of Justin Timberlake, I think Timbaland did Cold Case Love too. Yes, he, Justin Timberlake did Cold Case Love like lyrics. No. I'm sorry. Cold Ca- Let's pull up Cold Case Love real quick. Wait, what song? Are, how, how many songs you had left? Well, I'm trying to, you know, I just did three. Oh, okay. In a, in a row? <laughs> I just did all of the Timberland ones because you did Sell Me oh, Candy. okay. So I finished So what it. were your other Timberland Yeah, songs? I Said It and uh-huh. Cold Case Love. Oh, yeah. Huh. First of all, Yeah, I Said It, the sexiest song on Anti. Yeah. Bam. Yeah, I said it. Rihanna always said all the good songs get in the interlude and y'all are going to deal, cope, cope and, and adjust. adjust. <laughs> Pull up them lyrics for um, Cold Case for Love. Cold Case Love. Now, you Ooh. know we are at odds with Justin Timberlake. Even though the haters go say it's fake, <laughs> it's still a hit. I don't care. That song, Dirty or Nasty, whatever the heck that song filthy. was called, Filthy. That was a hit. That was a 2018 hit. I that video was everything to me. care. <laughs> but one thing about Justin, I think Justin is such an incredible songwriter. Because if y'all forget, he also wrote, what's it called, it with Miguel for Beyonce. Rocket. Rocket. Like, Justin Timberlake can write a song. He is a bad person and he's a liar, <laughs> but that man writes a song. Give the people the lyrics. They need to hear it. On my roof ah! It's dark and I'm burning a rose. Sing, honor. I, I don't need, need proof. proof. I'm torn apart and you know. That little register was thriving and with this verse. Oh, ah! I'm shaking. <laughs> she did that. Oh. What you did to me was a crime. Mm. Cold case love. love. My lips shaking like love. Fantasia's. 
and I let you reach me one, one more time. time. That's true. Her and Chris Brown reconcile after. Like these songs, these lyrics are true. The sir. thing is, this not even the t- by the time that this album came out, that wasn't even the time you're talking about that they reconciled. Right. This was the a previous exactly. <laughs> they were stabbing each other and stuff beforehand. She said it. It's not like I made it up. No, she said no, it to Diane no, Sawyer. Yeah, I know. It's fine. Okay. It's fine. I'm just not... That, people, I don't hear to think I'm being inflammatory. That situation just still... Because uh, I, I, I sometimes wonder what it would be like for both of them if they didn't. If they stayed together? If they stayed together and that never happened. Because oh. they tried to stay together even though it did happen. People wouldn't let that happen. No. Um, I just want to just uplift another part of the song. Your love was breaking the law, but I needed a witness. Uh. Which was all of us that saw what happened. <laughs> so wake me up when it's over. It don't make any difference. Will it ever be solved? Or am I taking the fall? The truth was there all along. How did we miss it? Hello, Justin. <laughs> Write the lyrics. Rihanna and your low register, sing them. I can. I think that, like I said on the last episode, people need to channel these singers that have songwriting fingers. Because... <laughs> Why is Justin Timberlake not writing for everybody? I don't get it. Is his feed too much? Y'all got the money and the scope. And I'm sorry, Chris Brown is one of the greatest writers of our time. I don't care. I don't understand why he not putting them fingers down to the paper for people other than him. He got 800 songs in the vault waiting <laughs> to be released. <laughs> I'm dead serious. You know how I, I, need, I, to make sure, I need to I need to understand if he in the studio with, with Brandy because he gave Brandy put it down and he gave Brandy slower. Slower. Seven Amber Streeter. Yeah. Uplift her name. It. Talk about it. Slower the best song out, and it ain't out no more. <laughs> but between Slower and... What is the name of that song? We're not talking about Brandy. I, I figured out and right. I'll put it somewhere for y'all to see. We swabbing it back to the point Let's of the show. Let's go back to the honor. Rihanna. Back to Rihanna. It's Rihanna month. What's my next song? We gotta pull up the paperwork, y'all. <laughs> um, if you say what I think you're about to say, I'm gonna fall out. Um, I'm trying to decide which one I'm a, um, okay, wait, so you did your honorable mention already. Um, okay, well, I'm going to do my two anti-songs and then I'm going to do this, this last one, a last one. So, um, the last one, my two anti-songs I want to uplift are Woo, which was done with her and Travis Scott and Jeremiah and the dream all in one room. Wow. And the person that's screaming on the background of Woo, that is Travis. This is when her and Travis were dating. Um, if y'all do not recall them dating, I have all the footage on my Twitter. They're my favorite celebrity couple. The thing After is, Rihanna Pam, doesn't recall it either. After she, how could she not recall? She put them on her tour. And uh, is it your, girl, your world tour or your girl's tour? No, but and, you and, <laughs> and, Shut up! And also, um, she had him in her campaign for, um, for them little shoes. So <laughs> the Fenty Pumas, the Fenty Pumas, the platform joint. He, she had that boy in some platforms, okay, no. and they were taking pictures, cuddled up, <laughs> snuggled up for the ads. She know what t- what type time. Well, she don't want other people to know that she know what type time it was well, because baby. she went on to Ellen, and Ellen was like, "So, are you seeing anybody right now? I think that I heard that you had a boyfriend." And she was like, "No." And oh, Travis that- Scott said that when he found that, when he saw that, he was watching the TV crushed because he and thought that they were together. And that's why he came out with that video with him and Brian McKnight that said, "Bitch, you." You hurt me. <laughs> he was talking about Rihanna. You don't remember that when Brian no. Mc... Okay, there's, no. a video, there's a video, y'all, of Brian McKnight playing the piano on the side of a mountain. He's playing One Last Cry, and 
Travis Scott is literally mouthing the lyrics and a, and a blouse is blowing in the wind. The name of the video is called Bitch You Hurt Me. I have never seen that before. I will show it to you after the show oh, is over. Oh my God, that is hilarious. Because you can also see video and pictures if you search my not at on Twitter, so 14 below and put Travis and Rihanna. There is, I have pictures of them like making out at a party. Her dress yeah. is coming down. Like, I'm telling you, the best sex in her life after Chris Brown was Travis Scott. Travis Scott was literally eating her out for days. <laughs> days. I mean, he looked like he eat he brains. Li- literally. And you know, Rihanna's probably into that. Because, like, oh, my God, they're so, y'all, like. She's obsessed with them no, because, as a duo. Because I love people who I think were fiercely attracted to each other. And them two, you could tell, just fiercely. Come like, on a fiery romance. Like, if you search their names or, like, go to YouTube, there's, like, when he's performing at the club, she's there hanging from the ceiling right next to him. Like, she, <laughs> remember, she was posting him on her Instagram a whole shit ton around that time, too. Like, she went to the record store and had bought a million copies of his album and was posting it. Like, she was in it. Rihanna gets on my nerves because she makes me fall in love with the men that she's in love with for the moment. And then she be done. And then she be done. And I be like, but I actually liked him. And that is, that makes me feel like Rihanna is, she would really be my friend because that's how all the girls are in my life. They be like, talking so great about these men and then as soon as that man do something, I just hate them just equally as much as they do and I'll be over it because like, I like that guy at one point for you. At one point. But anyway, back to Woo. (laughs) Hashtag. Woo, I love so much. Lyrically, I love the vocal, um, the vocal production on it. I think the one thing about Anti, it took so long for it to come. We had no, we literally had no idea how it was going to sound. At all. And Rihanna pushed, right, oh, don't remind me. She, Rihanna really pushed the envelope musically sonically whatever words you want to use to this album and I think Woo and the second song I want to talk about Desperado were two of those songs that really pushed Mm. a sound Desperado Desperado, I'm literally getting married to that song like because that's how like when in my mind when I imagine like what my life is going to be like with my partner it's going to it's going to feel like her and Travis in the studio making Woo while dry humping each other and (laughs) our wedding song is going to be Desperado like I do not understand the concept of a dry hump if 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 you had a a a, a vagine (laughs) you will understand how great dry humping is Uh -uh. right ladies um (laughs) ladies oh my girl get your money everything's not about Sierra I promise it's fine um songs though but anyway so I love Woo I love Desperado you know how I feel about Woo that's my alarm clock they really it is though y'all for real (laughs) um they really like I love Anti but those two songs really made Anti for me like Desperado reminded me of remember that that movie Posse I never seen with that Sally Richardson. This was from the '90s, and it was like the black cowboys. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. With yeah, Sally yeah. Richardson and Melvin Van Peebles, like it reminded me of that. Ooh, like, like me, and, you know, like me and my man, we just gonna be out here just being fucking rock stars, like the black Tommy Lee and Pamela Anderson. I always wanted to be Pamela Anderson when I grew up. So, um, <laughs> and I wanted, I wanted a, I wanted a man in my life like Tommy Lee, but black. So, and this is like me at like nine years old. These are the hopes and dreams I have for myself. I mean, but. Without the implants, because I hated her implants. Um, but anyway, so that, that song really just speaks to me from a like manifestation into my life perspective. <laughs> um, I want this to be over with. I can't. So, <sighs> yeah. Okay, your last song, my and then last, I'll do my last song. My last song last is. Song. I went out of order, so. My last song is James Joint, just because. I'd rather. James Joint is another song that I manifest 
for my partner in my future. I feel like it's something very Stevie Wonder about James Joint. And that was a sound that I... So, it came at a time, like Stephanie said, we didn't know... It is a harmonica at the end. Oh, for, well, that's not why it gave me Stevie Wonder. Shut up. Oh. <laughs> Another James Font Leroy. That's why it's called a James Joint. Is. And they was high, so Joint. I get it. Uh-huh. But... And she released it on 420. Right. It's about weed. It's fine. I feel like with that being a preview into the album, it made me think differently about what Rihanna could possibly be about to give us. Mm -hmm. Just because we had no fucking idea what was about to happen when we were waiting. And we were waiting with bated breath for anti. Like people were. Sing Tanashi. Oh, baby, right. If y'all don't know bated breath, hit music by Tanashi. I'm putting the link for the video in the playlist. Like, y'all know how we feel about it. I actually would be interested to see what a Tinashe Penn song sounded like if Rihanna sang it. Joyride. So if y'all don't know, so if you don't know, the title track for Tinashe's 2018 top five album of 2018, Joyride, Joyride. was was written, she did it, but then Rihanna, no, Travis. Travis produced. Was dating Rihanna at the time. So he took it back from Tanashi, gave it to Rihanna. But Rihanna wound up not using it for anti. So then Tanashi was able to have her own song back and make right. the title track for her incredible album. I always thought that the sessions that happened between Rihanna and, I mean, the sessions that happened between Tanashi and Travis spawned woo. But Rihanna just ended up getting it. Getting it, it probably. Because it just I can hear Tanashi on there. Exactly. All of it sound all of that happened at the same time. So I was just like, okay, so they kind of swapped it out and then Tanashi luckily like lucked upon getting her song back. Mm-hmm. Cause Rihanna has more power. So Right. I mean, and she was fucking Travis and he wasn't fucking Tanashi. So Right. Right. So <laughs> But no, my last one was James Joint. I think that like back to the Stevie Wonder reference, that is an artist that I don't even see as an influencer for Rihanna. Mm-hmm. So making me feel like uh Little girl, little boy, blue, or like just like old Stevie Wonder songs. There was something about James Joint that made me reminisce back there, mm-hmm. and that was like, what is about to happen on this album? So I put it on my list because it was one of the deep cuts that like made me feel something. I love feeling stuff. Me too. Um, I just want to uplift a particular bars of the song because y'all know I'm a lyric girl. <laughs> um, but I swear to God, these these are literally my vows and my wedding. Oh God. That nobody's coming to because I don't want to say my vows in front of people and I don't want to kiss my husband in front of people. Uh. But I love when she says, I'd rather be breaking things because we can't see. We're too busy kissing. Like, yeah. Like, and if y'all ever watched the We Found Love video at the end where they're just like literally tearing the apartment apart, not because they fighting, because they're making out. Like, right. oh Everything. my God, like aggressively make out with me and knock over all the like glass Accoutrement and in the room. ceramics in my house because <laughs> they're making out so crazy. I love making out. It's the best. Oh my gosh. But this, but this is where, but this is the apostolic part of the song when she says, <sighs> don't say that you miss me. Just come get me. Oh yeah. Yeah. That. Black men of America. <laughs> Listen to Rihanna. Don't ever in your life text a girl you like that you miss her ever again. Just show up. Don't say that you miss me. Just come get me. 
order the Uber and don't even tell her. Just send it to her house and get the send an alert to her Uber account so she know that you're coming to get her or you're coming to see her. Like, don't say you miss me. I just, just love that. come get me. I love that Rihanna lyrics kind of coincide with the sermon sometimes at church uh, because you have to be intentional about stuff. And I think that Rihanna's telling men everywhere to be intentional. Yes. You have to stop texting what are you doing and just say, let's go here. And say, this what we doing. Right. Like, I mean, whatever. So lastly, this is the final song um, on our best of Rihanna, but not really because every single song is like the best of Rihanna. <laughs> but we try to do our best in an hour to give you all of our favorite Rihanna songs. But this is a song that me and Muse both love. And I'm probably going to make him play the um, the version that's just acapella because she goes off. This song is a vocal triumph for Rihanna. <laughs> Only 10 people in America have ever heard this song because it was on the soundtrack for Star Trek, not Star Wars with John Fat Booty Boyega. The but S so- is fat. Sorry. <laughs> is. But Star Trek, and the name of the song is Sledgehammer. Expertly written song. Hit music beautiful music video Sia wrote the song and I just want to read some lyrics because again <laughs> I'm lyrics children do you want to open it you love singing this no part. go I'm gonna let you do it no because you... <laughs> I hit a wall <laughs> he wanted to say that okay she says I hit a wall I never felt so low so low like a waterfall my tears dropped to the floor the floor they left a swimming pool of salted crimes. Huh. Oh, what could I do to change your mind? Nothing. Do y'all hear that? I'm not even done. <laughs> y'all, y'all got you to get your tissues. <laughs> and this is my part. This is when she starts screaming. I'm bracing for the pain and I'm letting go. I'm using all my strength to get out of this hole. I hit a wall. I thought that I would hurt myself. <gasps> oh, I was sure. Your words will leave me unconscious. And on the floor, I be lying cold and lifeless. But I hit a wall. I hit him. Wait, I'm sorry. But I hit a wall. I hit them all. And I watched them fall. You're just another brick. And baby, I'm a sledgehammer. <laughs> Y'all don't understand. The lyrical content on the bulk of this woman's discography is unmatched. She said, I hit a wall. I pray that I will make it through. I mean, come on, y'all. Learn from this. (laughs) Like, have y'all ever felt like that? Like, oh my God. I also just don't think that there are a lot of artists that we listen to today who are talking about emotion, passion, love, sex, romance, any of all of the above. I don't think that anybody is talking about it in depth like they should be. So when Rihanna be coming out with these songs that really tap into any of those, I'd be weak. Mm. I'd be next week. Like, come on. <laughs> oh, I, I, I could, like, I, thirst, I thought that I would hurt myself. Oh, I was sure your words would leave me unconscious. Y'all ever felt like that? Like, the people don't be in love for real. We need, uh, to, have, we need to have a show about what it really means to be in love. What it really means Same. to love. Patient love, kind love, sweet love. Y'all know about that, Kirk Franklin. No, like, I have uh, basically a stan group. (laughs) Like, all of my friends love Rihanna to death. I have, one of my homegirls is uh, Raheem Devon Stylist. 
another person who sings just bought a new album everything and if y'all don't got love sex passion that came out in like 2015 please go ahead and do it the single is talking on dc radio right now oh go off they've been he playing deserved. it a lot they've been playing he it a whole lot that album is good we all kind of look at rihanna as us like i feel like rihanna speaks to the type of badassery and just the type of people that we feel like we are so a quote from my friend was basically like she she don't refer to rihanna as rihanna she called her mother uh, like she literally called her mother she was like she really is an icon a full 360 artist i truly admire her as an artist a woman a business mogul a fashion icon and just a socially conscious human being that's why she's mother not no period she didn't say nothing wrong I have a friend, my friend Jerome, shout out to Jerome. He stopped my housewarming because the bitch better have my money video came out and he wanted to make everybody watch it. Like, we couldn't drink no more. We couldn't watch what was on TV. Like, he was like, no, it's out. I'm about to play. <laughs> like, the people go up for Rihanna. As they should. And I, but you know what? I think that what I, my wish for Rihanna's future. wish is that people will go up for Rihanna more than her personality, more than her clothes, more than whatever, and really go up for what she is doing, like, musically. Mm -hmm. Like, this woman, if people really cared about the music and really realized that she cares about music before the fashion, before the mobileness, before whatever, like, she is somebody that really cares about music. Yeah. And she really thinks about music. Mm -hmm. She takes her time, like... She makes, even, and I think people don't think that she thinks that way because they're like, oh, she's not that great of a vocalist. But she really cares and thinks about music. She knows music. She understands, like, how to build a song, how to build up a song, how to, like, she just is just up. And her delivery, because of how she emotes, is something that I've always admired about her, too. Because she might not be able to carry the notes as well, or, like, she's working on that, or, like, there's things that she's bettering from a vocal perspective, but can't nobody outdo a Rihanna song. No. Like, she's going to make you feel it from a performance perspective. And I don't mean, like, the bells and whistles of dancing or the showmanship or anything like that. She's not that type of artist. But if she's got a mic in front of her, she's going to show you that at least she feels what she's singing about. And I don't always believe artists. I believe Rihanna. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing about Rihanna. She don't need to do all of the bells and whistles. Like, that lady will flat foot sing. And as somebody that doesn't necessarily have the, the vocal prowess of, like, uh, a Fantasia or a Kiki Wyatt, I love that she still flat foot sings like them. Oh, you she's know what not I mean? playing. You know what I'm saying? Like, an artist that's like, I don't have to give y'all no, like, and it's no shade to Gaga, but you know how I feel about Gaga. I just had so many bells and whistles. I'm like, girl, you're so talented. You don't need bells and whistles. Yeah, and I feel like even Rihanna can't, became, like, she fell victim to some of that bells and whistlery around Gaga's time because I don't know if you remember, but there was a point in the Rated R era where everything just became a pointy shoulder. Everything. And like a, it was just very Gaga on stage by it Rihanna. Was. And Rihanna was like, fuck this shit. Yep. Like, I need to be happy because I don't want to... She went from wearing pyramids on her shoulders <laughs> to wearing Urban Outfitters dresses and dancing in the Field of Flowers. And I, even though, again, I had an adjustment, I like that she's able to take me on all of that different right. journey. And I think that going back to what you said about Rihanna being like a real person, like real people change yeah. and like... 
they have different sides to them. They have different personalities. Like, Rihanna's not just, like, this badass girl. Like, Rihanna is a simp. Rihanna loves love. Rihanna is nurturing. Rihanna, like, she mm-hmm. is all those things. And I think that another thing people, I guess, can take away from her is that you don't have to be one thing. Like, you can be a, multi, a multi-dimensional black woman. Like, you know, you don't have to be just one thing. Like, you can be all things. And you don't have to be tied to being who you were in 2010. You can right. be somebody completely, even though you're staying true to yourself, but it's like, you contain multitudes. You don't have to be stagnant. Come on, contain multitudes. That's a word. I mean, I stole that from, um, I think like Pearl or somebody said that. <laughs> but, um, it just took me to church a little bit. But you know what I'm saying? Like, Rihanna is just, she just has been able to, and I think this, people like Rihanna the same way, like Cardi, because they are themselves. Yeah. And they don't have to give, they don't fall into that, well, I got to be a certain way in order to sell records. I got to be, like, she killed that when yeah. she dyed her hair black and got and got that yak the bob. Ooh, bring back the bob. Bring back the pixie. Andre yeah. probably not going to listen to this episode because he loved long hair, Anna. He do. He always says that pop stars need hair. But I but feel that's like... that's because they need it for iography. I don't feel Rihanna like Rihanna just be needs yin-yin-yin-yin it. She's around the stage, so she don't need... <laughs> I, she don't like need, Mary J. She don't need hairography. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, Rihanna, we love you, Gora. We wish that something was dropping this November because it's your month eternally. But she's not going to give us anything. So, <laughs> um, it's wishful thinking, but we thank you. We uplift your name at all times. All the time. All um, the time. And we can't wait until Rihanna's season returns. I feel like something is coming soon. We'll see. When she posted that meme and she was like, when me, when y'all be asking me for music, <laughs> she was dabbing her face, running away. She's sick of y'all. Leave her alone. I mean, if you really miss her that much, tap into her Tuesday tutorials because she be in that room blazed doing that <laughs> face. And she's actually really good. That's another thing that I would say. Everything that Rihanna puts her hand in, I can see her in it. In it. And it's really uh, the product is always really good. She hasn't put her name on anything that I was just like, oh, fuck this. Oh. It's always something that I'm like, this makes so much sense. Come on, oh, fuck this. <laughs> that was us with them doors, though. Like. Let's not bring up the doors. Yeah, let's let's end this on a up, on a up On a moment. high note. Um, I think that we should end it with um, the ultimate self-size, because we love sizing. <laughs> um, the lyrics to Rihanna's uh, Wait Your Turn. Ooh. Where she says, I pitch with a grenade. Swing away if you're feeling brave. brave. It's so much power in my name. name. If you pop up and you stay yeah. in the stadium, I'm going to do the wave. wave. I'm such a fucking lady. You are not to be so afraid. Cause if you play up on my team, we can play by whole lot. Just the wake the gate, the dirt, you dip, you the wait, you the way it is over, the way it is over, the way it is over, the way it is over. That's what we want to hear. We want the wait to be over, Rihanna. R nine, we can't wait. Thank you for listening, everybody. Thank you so much. We love y'all. Thank you. Bye, y'all. Ain't that wrong with it? I don't wanna give you the wrong impression. I need love and affection. And I hope I'm not sounding too desperate. 
Sounded too dead. 